0: Live after a one-week vacation. What is going on, everybody? This is Randall Thor nineteen, the man with the million, back again with another episode of the Xbox Two podcast. And with me, as always, one of my best friends in these YouTube streets, or just in general, the one and only Jez Corden of Windows Central. What's going on, buddy? Hey, bro. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Live doing? after a. Uh, I'm doing pretty well too. I'm doing I'm doing pretty great actually. It's been uh it's been a very fun, relaxing uh last week. I'm enjoying a lot of gaming, which is so great. Uh but I figured we had to apologize to everybody. We were supposed to do the show last week, and I had asked you the week before when we were doing the podcast, "Hey, are we going to do one because we norm well, we used to do the show on Wednesdays, and then we changed it to Thursdays, and then we changed it to Fridays." And it just so happened that this Friday, this past Friday, had fallen on Black Friday, and I knew you were going to be doing all those deals, and I was wondering if you were going to be available. And you said you were, but uh, I guess you miss under you like did, didn't fully grasp how wiped out it would be for you writing all Those uh, articles, so you were pretty pretty much wiped out all weekend, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was dead i was slaughtered man i just i just could not do
1: anything and i thought like rather than do rather than do a show where i'm half present in my mind we just skip a week um i was going to try and do saturday but then saturday i was just so tired i just slept all day i just (laughs) black friday is just it's the it's the worst time of year for this job but you know it's only one day well no it's a, it's a week now, so we have Black Friday week now, and then Cyber Monday, and I wouldn't be surprised if next year we get Black Friday month. Why not? Just Black Friday month. How about that?
0: Yeah. yeah Amazon. So, oh, well. So mm-hmm. we're back. We couldn't miss this week, obviously, um, although I was a little concerned because I, I didn't hear from you until late because I was like, oh, I wonder if Jez is still sleeping or, or something, but no, we're here. Uh, We do have basically a lot of stuff to talk about, Uh, two weeks' worth of information and topics. Uh, Hopefully, we can get to it all. Obviously, um, if we don't, oh well. Uh, There's a lot of stuff really going on here, and and we'll be talking about everything. If you got any questions or, you know, things you want us to talk about, Super Chat's always there. Um, Just want to shout out a whole bunch of people already here. we got Lethal Papa. We have Miles, your buddy, over at Windows Central. Uh, I love watching your guys's podcast that you do every Saturday. So you guys doing one tomorrow? Or sometimes um, it's Miles and you. Sometimes it's just Miles. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's Miles my... doesn't ask me to be on the show. You're like I'm not important, to, you know? Um. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: like uh, my it's it's Miles' show basically. I I show up if like I'm not feeling half dead, which is usually the case on a Saturday. But uh, yeah, um, the channel is doing pretty well. Yeah. 20 how many f- Got I think we got 21,000 subscribers now Ooh. so thanks to everyone here who, who supported us and that sort of stuff We uh, I think Miles just put out a video about games we're excited for for 2021 and uh, I might be cooking up another AskJS Xbox soon at some point but...
0: good good we got yeah. a whole bunch mo- we, got, we, got, we, got, we got the Ash and Luca here who I've spent a lot of time with recently playing some video games. Jay Stevens, Nine Lives, 2010. Uh, Cretopsy. I always probably say his name wrong. Uh Hazador, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend who does all the timestamps in the comments section after the podcast is over, Um, which is a great service that everybody, sh- you know, if you're watching this later, you know, obviously, if you're just sitting back, listen to the show, and you're not really concerned about what we're talking about because I know people don't like when we talk about video games and what we're playing, they're like, don't talk about that. And it's like, what would you rather have us do? Like not play any video games? Like other people are out there where they just talk about the topics and they don't actually <clears throat> play anything. Would you, would you rather have it be that? Well, like I don't. So like me and jazz, when we originally built this podcast, we said it be first and foremost about video games and what we've been playing. And that would be like the beginning of the show. But I get, I, I get tons of messages, Jez, whether it's in the comments of the YouTube videos or actually messages on Xbox Live and even Twitter DMs saying that, could you please not talk about the video games? And I'm like, why don't you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I uh, didn't write me. He does a great service. You know, If anybody that wants to skip around and not listen to the whole thing, he does a great job. So uh, make sure everybody uh, you know, say thank you to the one and only Hazador. Um so yeah, I mean we got a um man, we got a lot of stuff here to talk about. And I figure, you know, since uh time is short, you know, we got a lot of topics, we're going to get right into it. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Series X update, the PS5 performance outperforming the Xbox Series X and Microsoft actually responding. BioWare seems to be getting worse and worse. Uh scalping going on here. Master Chief going to be in Fortnite. Phil's promise to the xbox community uh microsoft ceo very focused on gaming is forza horizon 5 next year a whole bunch of different topics and uh you know if you're already here you're waiting enjoying the show don't forget to hit that like button and then share this video out on social media or whatever because youtube does a terrible job sometimes of notifying people and subscribers whenever this podcast is live so that's all going to be coming where you have a lot of stuff to talk about and uh, I think from Jez's perspective, because he already told me what he's been playing, and it's World Warcraft. So I, I don't think the <laughs> games played segment is going to be very, very long. So we'll get into that really quickly. Uh, but first, RDX Master Chief says, uh, "I just took it. Just took weeks to get the PS2 emulation on Series X. I don't think it'll be long before PS3 and PS4 happen. Then we can play Miles Morales on the Series X. Uh, yeah." Uh-huh. That'd be interesting. We're, we There is a topic we're going to be talking about, and I really haven't kind of thought uh, uh, that far ahead about them emulating the PlayStation 4. Is that even possible? Uh, I know PS2 is, you know, happening currently, but I don't think they can even emulate PS3 yet. So uh, maybe hold off on that a little bit, you know? I don't think we'll be playing Miles Morales on the Series X emulated from a PS4 just yet. Um Sin Vendetta, Vendetta says, Rain, congratulations on beating Demon Souls Remake. Wish I could have co op with you and Luca, but happy you enjoyed yourself with the game. Yes, we will be talking <clears> about that soon. I did play it a lot with Luca. I pretty much played the entirety of the game with Luca, except for the uh, very beginning. So, Jez, before we get into these topics, tell the people what you've been playing these last couple of weeks. I've been playing World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Wow, surprise, you. shocker, amazing. Yeah, so, you know.
1: New World of Warcraft expansion set in the afterlife. Lots of undead and lots of spirits going around. It's been really good so far. Like, um, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but um, it's... uh, The thing that impressed me most about it so far is that the servers didn't explode. So, like, after 16 years of doing this, Blizzard's finally figured out the technology to not have the servers explode on launch day, which was great, you know, but... It's just been really good. Like I remember last time with the last expansion, loads of people were mad about it and they weren't having fun. And there was a lot of systems they added that just weren't good or that hadn't been tested properly. But this time, like uh, it's mostly been I've mostly seen positive reactions to it. So yeah, been pretty happy about that. Nice to get back into WoW with my clan. Very social game round. Very social game. The only socializing I do except for this podcast, really, which is kind of sad. (laughs)
0: But, you know. <laughs> i just find that's funny like yes i play world of warcraft so i could talk to my friends is essentially what you're saying
1: yeah pretty much i like, mean I'm, I'm in a clan you know like a guild and uh been playing with them for like years at this point and uh you know it's kind of like <clears throat> you know like uh if you got a D team and stuff like that you always play with them the campaigns last for ages similar to that i guess there's just no there's just no game like wow that gives me that sort of sense of community. All the other, like, free-to-play MMOs and stuff, they just they just don't seem to be as good at that aspect of the game as well. Even though WoW, like, isn't as good as it used to be at that aspect of the game, but it still feels miles ahead of other games in that space, but... It's less of a game for me and more of a hobby at this point. And uh, if I want to empty my head after a hard day writing stupid Black Friday deals... um. That's what I play. There's no there's no better game for it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's pretty much all I've been playing.
0: Um other than um
1: Star Renegades, is that the name of the game? It, it, right? it
0: came out recently on uh, Game Pass for console even though it was on on PC before. It's like a RPG, yeah. it's like a roguelike RPG or something, right? With some yeah, cool uh, like, cool um... uh, like animation and cool like a uh, uh art style look like? Yeah. It's like um
1: It's like, uh, man, it's it's kind of hard to describe. It's got like this pixel art style that's sort of reminiscent of Final Fantasy 6 maybe and stuff like that. Uh, It's really, um, it's just awesome. It's just an awesome game, uh, the way it looks. But it blends like pixel style with modern lighting. So when you're pulling off an attack, it casts shadows and stuff like realistically. And it just looks stunning in in motion. It's like the ultimate sort of, representation of that art style it really really looks great but it's the it's the combat that's so addictive it also elevates the whole turn-based combat thing because the the moves look so spectacular but it's also really fast paced and it also demands you to really sort of think about what attacks you're going to use because your attacks happen in a sequence and you have to react to what the enemy are going to do and it's almost like the combat almost feels like a puzzle every turn is like you're scratching your head, thinking, like, what's probably the best thing I should do now? You know what I mean? But it's super addictive. And I played it on PC quite a fair bit, but now it's on Xbox. I've I moved over to that, that side. But it's on Game Pass, and um, if you like, you know, turn-based games, and the, ro- the roguelike aspect of it is that, like, every time you die, you time travel to another de- another parallel universe to try and defeat defeat the enemy in that universe instead. Because, like otherwise the universe gets destroyed or whatever so like that's that's the roguelike aspect of it and also you bring you bring your intel from that other parallel dimension to make your characters more strong and stronger in the next version of the world you know what i mean but it's super addictive it's super stylish it's on xbox game pass give it a try it's just you got nothing to lose if you're on game pass so that's
0: true
1: yeah it's pretty much all i've been playing um what have you been playing? I suppose you've, you've you've already said you've been on that that Demon Souls train.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I ended up finishing finishing up the Pathless on PlayStation, which I really enjoyed, and then um, I played Demon Souls. I wasn't sure if I was going to play it or not. I was like, well, yeah, people tell me it's very much like Dark Souls, more slow plotting. Um, which I don't really care for. I really loved Sekiro because it was fast-paced. It was very much like, get into the fight, and it was all about, like, parrying and uh, being offensive. And Bloodborne was was essentially the same way. Bloodborne was all about going on the attack, um, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Demon Souls and Dark Souls were a little bit more slower in nature. Um, so I was like, you know what? I got nothing else really, uh, like, on plate. Like, it was like... I played everything I wanted to on PlayStation, the one game I had left was Demon's Souls. So I was like, alright, I'll play Demon's Souls, and then I'm done on the PS5 until you know the next game comes out, like Ratchet & Clank or something, right? So um, I played uh, the first section, I beat the first boss, and one of the things I'll say about the game is, it's it is visually, it is ridiculous. One of the best looking games I've ever seen. And I, it's it's also a game that has two modes, obviously quality and performance. And once again, I can switch back between both of them. And I do not understand how anybody plays any of these games in 30 frames. Like I don't I don't <laughs> understand how someone could sit there and flip through it and try to play that game at 30 frames, and then flip to it at 60 and being like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna play it at 30 frames. Like I I, I tried it in all these games, flipping back and forth. 30 flame, thirty frames feels like trash after you've been used to 60 frames. Um, Dude, it's
1: like, you have to remember, th- these games got popular on 30 frames.
0: I know minutes. they did. And, like, that's one thing people are, are accustomed to 30 frames because, and I think you've even said this, we've essentially, you know, the last generation or whatever, you're on these these really crappy CPUs that really couldn't do that. So the vast, vast, vast majority of games out there were all 30 frames, especially the, the uh, open world ones, right? And then, you know, like, yeah, Call of Duty runs at 60, but now that the vast majority of these games coming out have performance modes or just run at 60, it's like, I never want to go back to 30 frames ever again. Ever again. Uh, Like, this whole generation, even though it hasn't even been a month yet, has essentially uh, spoiled me. Like, I can't go back. Like, I need 60 frames in virtually every game I play, and I need these fast load times. So, I know there's talk about disappointments, and I don't know if you saw the Forbes article, which we'll talk in a little bit, but sixty frames all the way, baby I don't know how you could choose otherwise, like share, yeah, the game looks better in you know quality mode in four k or whatever it is, but the visual but like losing that the frames isn't worth the visual upgrade or isn't it's not like that drastic of a difference. Like, sure, I can tell looking at my TV when I switch between both modes that, yeah, it looks better in the quality mode, but I, I can't give that up uh, to sacrifice the frames. And I know this is like the PC Master Race has been talking about this for a long time, and I get it. And I've always, even, even when, when the One X came out, I was always someone who basically said, we need 60 frames on next gen because you get those games that come out and it's like 60 versus 30. And it's like, I need 60. So I was like, "That's why I'm currently like very excited about both pieces of hardware." It's like it seems like everything's going to at least have a performance mode where it hits sixty frames, which is exactly what I wanted. So Demon's mm. Souls, I played it with Luca because uh, you can summon people, you can set a password, and we played through pretty much the entire entirety of the game. Uh, she was kind of acting as my guide because Demon's Souls is one of those games where you got to figure it out on your, you know, on your own. There's a lot of different levels it's got like five worlds and there's like levels within each world but you can kind of go in between each so you do like level one one and one two and then like you would go to like level two one and two two and then three one five one right and you skip around and each of the worlds are are different like they have a different visual flair different style of enemies so i gotta say uh my favorite like visual level was i think the tower queen one like very dark and foreboding, some of the gothic styles they have there with the uh the lighting is just it was just an incredible thing to just kind of like look and play through. Um and I played a mage. Uh so I I was told that like, hey, if you really want to uh have an advantage, maybe not necessarily at the beginning, but like later on you can play as a mage. And that definitely did help because by the end I was <laughs> I was destroying enemies. So Luga would kinda like Show me where to go. Be like, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to do this. She really wouldn't uh, attack enemies very much because she was already kind of overpowered from her first playthrough. Because she got the platinum and I think she's on like her third playthrough. And, um, you know, and we we just had a great time playing the game. And she would like explain all the lore to me. And and there's some pretty cool stuff in that. And some of the boss fights uh, were incredible. Like the Manta Ray boss fight. Uh, in the storm, the Shrine of Storms, I think it was called. Like, that boss fight was visually spectacular, and the mechanic was great, even though it was a gimmick boss fight. Um, I will say maybe some of the down, downside of, as like, a few of the boss fights were gimmick, where, like, there was one against a dragon that you had to stealth through, which I didn't particularly care for, um, even though it looked amazing. But for the most part, I really enjoyed my time with Demon Souls. Will I ever play it again? I don't know. I mean, I own the game. Maybe one day I'll, I'll want to go through it on my own completely and play a, a melee build or something like that. So we'll see. But I'm um, I'm happy that we, uh, we had a chance to play, even though we had to go through some rigmarole to get the uh, conversation uh, working. Because I have Asteroid 50s that I have on my Xbox that I can also use on PlayStation, which I did on the PlayStation 4. But when I tried using on the PlayStation 5, Luca would hear herself repeated. So it was pretty annoying for her. So the first time we played through it, she had to like, you know, hear herself basically echoed. And then the second time we played it, we ended up just being on a party on Xbox and then playing on PlayStation. And obviously, sometimes her headset would die and she would, you know, I'd be talking to be like, Luca, what are you doing? There's this big guy coming at me. You know, I need help. And, uh, and then the third time, we just used the Xbox, we just used the PlayStation controller to talk, which is really weird hearing someone else's voice coming out of a controller. But not only that, like, you talk into the controller.
1: You a, did you never have a 3DS?
0: No, <laughs> I didn't. Like. You are so like really a- asking me if I had a 3DS? Oh, man. Come on.
1: I, it's part, part of me just thinks you pretend I Nintendo. talked cool. No, And then no, secretly, no. you go to bed and you cuddle your Mario plushie and... You, you know you, you tend your crops <laughs> on, animal, on a, animal crossing like that that's what I think you secretly do
0: sometimes no no no, no. no. Am, I, am I off the mark no you're completely off the mark I've owned like I <laughs> no, I never owned a 3ds it's just it's just really weird so that's demon Souls um, I gotta give a shout out to face uh, he had super chat and said hey what's up Brandon Jez? are you guys surprised of how things turned out with the ps5 for series X performance so far Um. No, that's actually a topic. So we will answer that question uh, when we get to that point. But thank you for the support, brother. And um, we have one from Shabiz Inevitable. First time catching you live. Keep up the great content and streams. Well, thank you. Thank you for check- checking out the show. Um, you know, there's been a bunch of people who've subscribed recently, so maybe a lot of them are checking it out. So if it was your first time here, if it's your first time here, make sure you say hi in the chat. Um, for the most part, we have some awesome people here. There's always trolls, you know, there's always trolls. Like, don't you guys, don't you guys have something better to do than just troll? Like, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Like I, I couldn't be bot. Like I wouldn't, couldn't imagine going into someone else's chat for something I didn't care about to sit there and troll. Like, honestly, I think you're pathetic and I think you don't really, your life must really suck if you want to come here and just type troll comments, like it must really, it means to me that you have nothing else important going on in your life that you'd rather sit here and troll people. But Hey, uh, that's just my opinion. Don't get, uh, don't get, don't get uh, upset about it. Am I, am I wrong on that jazz? Like I, I, I never go it, like, I don't listen to people I don't care about. I don't like, I don't go on the I'm PlayStation, it, uh, you know, chats and, and talk about, uh anything like it, i just don't care like and it's it's so funny that you have some people in here that will come and try to troll but it's like why don't you try doing something more productive or something better like it really must bother you that there is an xbox podcast that's going on here and that you had to come here to show show these filthy x what's up you know what i mean what? i'm just numb to it
1: man because it's like you said they they don't have anything better to do in their life so yeah it is what it is i don't even i don't it doesn't even register with me anymore i'm completely numb to it completely numb to it you know know, it's (laughs) it's just it's just so funny to me But
0: yeah face says are you going to put up impressions or review video for series x and ps5 actually yeah i do have one coming for the ps5 i actually have the thumbnail made and ready to go I just need to sit down and record so that'll probably be coming hopefully this weekend I was planning on Sunday and I'll probably have another video out about the Series X uh later this month so those those are a couple things um that are planned we got a lot of we got you know there's always videos coming out like sometimes I'll 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 wake up and I'll be like do I make a video today and then sometimes I do um Capano says you're giving the trolls attention right now. I, I'm just basically telling the trolls that they suck and that their lives are horrible and pathetic. So, whatever. Who cares? Moving on. No more, no more, uh... You know, the mods, like Has and uh, Lethal, they do a good job of, uh... You know, basically cleaning up and getting rid of all the trolls. So, and, um... Some of you have asked, hey, what is the game on screen? Um, well, this week I've also been playing, and uh, thanks to Ubisoft for sending over a code for the game, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Jez, have you heard anything about this game? Um, I,
1: I, yeah, it's kind of like uh, Ubisoft's answer to Breath of the Wild. That's I, is what <laughs> the, the most common comparison that I hear. Someone else on my team um, reviewed that for us, so I haven't played it myself or really looked into it that much just because you know i haven't had time but from what i'm hearing most people seem really hyped on the game and they're really surprised and i like it and stuff like that like you kind of you kind of know what to expect from like your watchdogs and uh in your assassin's creed but this felt almost like it was a little bit different Coming out of Ubisoft, what do you think? Yeah,
0: it's so uh, I think it's from the creative minds behind Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I loved. I think I have a hundred hours in that game. So this is very much a arcadey take on Assassin's Creed, as I would call it. Visually, obviously inspired by you know Breath of the Wild and stuff like that. It's a Greek mythology mythology adventure. So it's set in this world where Typhon, like the huge. Um, I, for, I forget, like, I think he's, like, a titan, maybe. Uh, basically has kind of, like, rampaged and has, like, stolen the essence of, like, Aphrodite and, like, Ares. And your job is to basically, like, uh, bring them back. And while you're playing the, this game, it's being told, or at least narrated, uh, by Prometheus and Zeus. And the funny thing about it is, as I was playing, I noticed Prometheus' voice sounded very interesting to me. And I thought to myself, I know this guy. And sure enough, in one of the reviews I read, they said, Hey, you might recognize this guy. It's, uh, Adam Jensen from, uh, Deus ex. And when I was sitting there listening to it, I'm like, yeah, if he really just said, I never asked for this, it totally would be him. It totally would be him. So it so this game so the so the story is being told by Zeus and Prometheus and it's supposed to be kind of in your face and they and they go for a more comedic angle and sometimes it works beautifully, sometimes it really doesn't. But it's it's your it's your core Ubisoft game, right? You have a very beautiful open world. Uh, you have like four main areas, and each of the main areas look different. I think in these clips uh i'm in aphrodite's world, which is really kind of the the bright green with uh you know like a very plush and lush environment. Um, so it looks great and the combat is actually fun it's it's really arcadey you have your you know your light attack on right bumper heavy attack with an axe on right trigger you have like different god abilities where you can bring down a heavy hammer or like spears come up from the ground you have your dodge where if like you dodge at the last second it slows down time and you can parry and if you parry at the last second it really stuns enemies like it's fun the combat is constantly engaging and unlike a lot of other Ubisoft games where you may have to travel long distances to get to something, the way this map is, and it's it's condensed. You can very condensed, you can kind of see everything because the draw distance is very like large, but like there's always something to do within a few steps of everything else. Like, oh, there's a chest that will give you upgrade abilities and and there's enemies to fight. Oh, over here, there's a, uh, a vault, right, which usually contains all the puzzles. Like, there's all these different vaults where you get uh, Zeus's power, where you can increase your stamina, which you use, like, when you're flying around or when you're climbing up rocks. And each one of these vaults is kind of a puzzle. And the puzzles are actually really cool. It's not like in Batman or, like, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you, like, hit the you know, the R3 button, right? R3 and like everything, it kind of scans the area and things that you can interact with with kind of glow a different color. This one, actually, you have to figure it out by yourself. It doesn't really give hints unless you go into the main menu and kind of tell it to give you hints. It's actual, it's a game where you have to solve it yourself without any hints from... The game itself, and that's kind of refreshing because most games nowadays, it's like I mentioned, you hit the button, you scan, you can see what you inter- what you can interact with. So the puzzles are actually really cool, and they build upon um, you know the complexity. At first, you're just kind of dragging around rocks, getting them into like kind of like little pits to open up the next area, and then they get a little bit more and more complicated. So I'm surprised by. The overall polish of the game i'm running in a performance mode on series x running at 60 frames uh the story is kind of um it's just really light and cute and i i really enjoyed the greek mythology because like they really they kind of delve into it with you not knowing anything ab- about greek mythology so they kind of explain who the gods are and some of the, the you know the great myths around that pantheon and I don't know it's just it's just a really cool experience. Like I'm only ten hours in. Um, I'll probably give my definitive verdict on the game, you know, next week when I finish it because I want to get it done before Cyberpunk comes out. But I am really surprised at the quality of uh, Immortal's Phoenix Rising. I think it's definitely worth checking out um, right now if you're waiting for a game to play before Cyberpunk 2077, or you know, later on when it drops in price. Like it is it is a very good uh, Ubisoft game. Like I'm I I'm constantly like impressed. And it's one of those games where like I go to do something and I just get sidetracked by some other thing to do, whether it's like completing some of these mythic quests they have or doing the side quests. Like it's 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 a really well done game. And I'm uh I'm very happy that I actually uh took the time out to uh play, you know. I oh, think I like you would it. Jo- enjoy it, Jez.
1: Just sound good. I'm gonna slap it on the backlog along with a bajillion other games, so we'll see if I ever get around. To
0: no, before, before we get into the topics, I wanted to ask, have you finished Katana Zero yet? Uh,
1: no, what I'm, I'm on the last level, but then Black Friday happened and then Shadowlands
0: happened. The so last like... level, come on, the game's only like three or four hours long. What the hell?
1: Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm on like is it chapter eight, the last one, or chapter nine or something? I'm yeah, I'm I'm I haven't finished it, but um. Did we talk about it before? Because yeah, you talked you about were right, it. you were right. Usually, of usually I don't really listen to your opinion very much. Excuse me,
0: what? You don't but, listen um... to my opinion very much. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like Pokemon, man. Yeah, well, I mean, so I mean that's the right opinion to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's but anyway, um, it's it's awesome. Like I should have listened to you about it. Um, played it when I had like more of a less of a backlog, I guess, but. I just can't believe how stylish it is. Killing stuff. Time mechanics, slow motion, great pixel art. And the story is just I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played, but my god, it's pretty heavy going and it's pretty it's screwing my head. It's screwing
0: with my head. Yeah, it's so, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty yeah. damn awesome. So and It's on Game Pass, right? It is on Game Pass, yeah. Uh, Apathy Mata says, do you guys think we will get an update for Skyrim Fallout 4 that will give us more mod space? Um, mm. Jazz, do you, know you know anything about that? I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily That's, think uh, so, but.
1: I think, I, I think that could definitely be possible that they'll, they'll do that because there's sort of like, there's some weird limitations on, you know, uh, how much, how much you can allocate to mods on those games right now on xbox one and stuff and because it's like hard locked it won't let you use the next gen hardware to get more mods or whatever i think that's like one that's one way they could update it and uh you know meaningfully for next gen because like those games are getting pretty old now i mean what what more do you do like resolution bump you know that doesn't really need them at this point and stuff like that but that's one area where they could update it to be like better for next gen so i think it's totally possible that they do that because remember Rand, this is the company that released skyrim repeatedly for every system including the amazon echo over the years so i i think it's uh it's not like there isn't a precedent for (laughs) the releasing updates for these games um so i think yeah i think yeah they could update they could do that and i might i might email them and poke and prod and see what they say because that does seem like a meaningful update to have to the game so, yeah, yeah, it's a
0: good show. I'll email him about that. Uh, Mr. LeBron- Le- LeBlanc wants to know, any new games for Xbox going to be announced in 2020? Well, maybe mm-hmm. next week. Topic. Possibly, right? Yeah, we got the VGAs coming, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance uh, stuff will be announced next week. Maybe I might have a video out about what I think could be there tomorrow, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, if not, if not next week, then obviously not. I really do think next week though, jazz, there's no XO this year. Um, so I do think Microsoft will have at least one new game announcement. Uh, Phil Spencer is going to be sitting down with Jeff Keighley, uh, I think before the show. Um, so I, I do think there's a good possibility. There is a new game that gets announced uh, on Thursday next week. As for what it is, I don't know. could be anything. Um, Anyways, uh, Killer ZA says, "Will Microsoft Xbox ever get the Activision COD deal back, and/or will they get an exclusive Battle 6, Battlefield six deal with EA? Xbox is missing out. Um, I believe Xbox has had the Battlefield deal for a couple years ever since uh, Activision has gone with COD. Um, I don't the think
1: that they don't. They never do these kind of aggressive deals like what Call of Duty has. Yeah, they have like marketing and they put like." battlefield on xbox or whatever but they never do like exclusive dlc or time dlc or anything like what the kind of thing we've seen with cod the kind of thing we saw with destiny and will they ever do that for xbox i think not it's not a case of money it's a case of philosophy phil just doesn't want to do that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to cut those kind of deals anymore and um even though like to some some extent I agree that it's 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 pretty bad when PlayStation can literally sit there and say, "Well, Call of Duty is better on PlayStation," and here's some empirical evidence to go along with that. It's kind it's kind of bad because it's one of the biggest franchises of all time, and uh, even though I don't really care for it, millions and millions of people do. So, what do you do? You know, do you do you give Activision loads of money and you know accept the markup on that because? Microsoft would have to pay even more than what Sony's paying for it. And do you pay that money or do you put that towards making your own games and your own exclusives? So, I don't know. It depends what, it depends what you think. Because it's not like there's like an infinite wellspring of cash that Microsoft wants to allocate to this stuff. I mean, they could, but they don't necessarily want to. So, would you rather have that money for exclusives games and hiring people into your portfolio? Or would you rather send it to Activision so Bobby Kotick can buy a new yacht? You know, it's literally marketing money is literally going nowhere. You're giving Activision free money to give to their shareholders so they can buy like an extra gold toilet for their mansion and stuff like that. It's kind of disgusting when you think about it. So I personally wouldn't want Microsoft to waste money on these kind of deals because Activision can go fuck itself. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well yeah we'll, we'll answer that question about will xbox ever get the rights back i don't think so i think call of duty and activision are interested in uh partnering with uh whoever is essentially the leader or the market leader now maybe that changes maybe in eight years you know xcloud takes off and uh xbox as a brand is bigger worldwide than playstation because of it which i doubt happens but you never know what the future holds maybe then but i mean like microsoft had the deal when they were number one at least in the u.s right like back during the 360 era microsoft was dominant especially over the playstation 3 and it made sense uh but hey playstation 4 came back and uh They sold more, and Activision partnered up with them. And Sony isn't, like like Jez said, isn't like Phil, where Phil's like, I don't want to lock people out of content. They're more than willing to lock people out of content. That was part of their whole strategy with the PS4, like Destiny. You wanted the complete Destiny experience? You needed to be on PlayStation. Same thing with Call of Duty. Like They went after, essentially, Microsoft's market that they brought up on the 360, and then tried taking that away from them. And it worked, for the most part, and they're still doing it. Although Activision's model with Call of Duty has changed, like it used to be a map pack every three months with four maps. Now, because of the way shooters are, and because of the free to play market, everything has to be free. Like there has to be the same amount of maps and everything for for all, uh, you know, uh, platforms, right? so what do you now in
1: battle we're now in battle pass land yeah so it's like uh, it's sea of thieves has announced it's getting a battle pass yeah sea of
0: thieves getting the battle pass and getting seasonal updates and they what just announced that their um uh 2020 they had like 11 million players joined like just that year so sea of thieves after the rough start uh seems to be really uh finding its footing and they said that the 2021 you ended up being right you just were off on the year i guess right because <laughs> yes. i you can imagine now i bet you sea of thieves probably has more players than PUBG at this point
1: right <laughs> yeah maybe
0: right you, well, would, you would,
1: if you if you count PUBG on mobile probably, oh, probably yeah. not yeah well PUBG on on xbox maybe
0: PUBG yeah. and probably on consoles period so yeah. no i don't think xbox will ever get it back uh and they do kind of team up with battlefield because it's the other shooter um and microsoft pretty seems to have a pretty good relationship with ea uh you know they got ea play on game pass and i think we have a new battlefield coming next year so i would assume God, microsoft would have the the marketing for that so i miss battlefield man i miss it battlefield 5 what? wasn't very good i mean it was okay it just wasn't I, I, wasn't great
1: i go back to it every now and then but Man, I remember like back in the day, like my friends would get home from work, and we we're all excited about playing Battlefield Bad Company Two, mm-hmm. and then we we're excited about Battlefield Three, Battlefield Four, less so Battlefield One, and then not at all Battlefield Five. I don't know if it's because we're all older now and we can't synchronize our schedules as easily as we could back before everyone had kids and and all that sort of stuff. But it just doesn't feel like the excitement was there for Battlefield Five. I, I don't know. I really hated that mechanic where you die on the floor and then EA were like, Oh yeah, we're going to make it so you can drag people into cover. And they never did. So that was weird and annoying. Yeah. A
0: lot. I, digress. Uh, I need to address something really quick. Uh, someone said, Mike J says, if this is an Xbox podcast, stop with the PS five stuff. We do not care. 99% of us just buy one console. Start a new channel for PS five. If you can't stop talking about it, listen, I don't care that you don't care. About what I play. If that bothers you. Just unsubscribe from the channel. And never come back. We've been doing this podcast for 155 episodes. It was just. Hey. A a listener. Stick figure. Name the the name of the podcast. The Xbox 2. Because it's just me and Jez. But anybody listening to this show. For any significant amount of time. Knows that we talk about. Whatever the fuck we want to talk about. And whatever we're playing every single week, we talk about. And that just happens to also be PlayStation stuff. And if that bothers you, then don't let the door hit you on the way out, buddy. I'm not going to stop talking about video games just because I don't want to hear about PlayStation 5 stuff. Grow up. Jesus Christ. You believe this shit? <laughs> this is the kind of shit I'm talking about.
1: That's console war, man. It's console war. This. Games are just games. It doesn't matter what platform they're on. I've probably spent more time on my PC than my Xbox in the last month by a country mile. I just play where the games are, and right now the games are on PlayStation. All the exclusives are on PlayStation. It's just if you if you want to cry to someone, cry to Microsoft who didn't give you any exclusives for the launch of this content.
0: I mean, it's it's not it's not about that. It's just like it's a podcast about video games. Well, I'm just we, saying we are not we, we are to play on Xbox.
1: We'd be talking about it, but there's just nothing to play. Well, I mean, nothing to play. Well,
0: in the in the coming weeks, it'll all be about Xbox because I have nothing to play on my PlayStation. But like the idea that like I'm
1: just saying that's the way it goes. I know. I just right now, and there'll be something to play later.
0: I just I I always just find it weird. Like, don't talk about PlayStation. Talk about Xbox. It's like I'll talk about whatever I goddamn well want to talk about. It's my podcast or our podcast. It's my channel. I talk about what I play, what I like. Uh, so if you don't like that, then too bad. I'm sure there's other channels that only talk about Xbox and trash PlayStation 24-7 that you can go enjoy. So, see ya. Um, <laughs> RDX says, uh, d PS5 is artifacting. Uh, that's interesting. I, I will say I've had a lot of, uh, system issues with the PlayStation 5. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, more so than... I had with the series X, like I've had the system crash quite a bit. Uh, I'll talk about that in my review, but like, uh, the system, what do you mean
1: by system crash? Like the whole thing crashes and you have to restart it.
0: I've had the, 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 the it rebuilding the database, uh, thing where it like, if you're playing a game, uh, and boom, it just kind of freezes. And then it just, you need to turn it off. And when you turn it back on, it rebuilds the database and stuff like that. Like, um, that. So, no. No, yeah. yep maybe I maybe I'm... I should just like stop reading the chat because uh there's there's people just trying to do it but whatever we're done uh, with all that stuff I don't know what it is <laughs> like I don't know no. people just like you know PlayStation 5 don't talk about it and it's like oh my god really are you that pathetic I guess so so anyways moving on from that um let's talk about since we're since we're done with the games, right? Which if you're enjoying the show and I don't know why you, you shouldn't be, make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button if you're new, and notification bell, all that good stuff. Um I we kinda i I mentioned this to you before the show and I, I've seen a bunch of people bring it up. They want to talk about the perfect dark rumors, Jez.
1: Perfect dark. Okay. Yeah.
0: The initiative game. There was an article that came out from Forget what website, but it was quoting our buddy mediocre red of Xbox Era. <laughs> you know, um, oh yeah, what did I have to say? Which, by the way, I'm going to be on the Xbox Era podcast pretty soon, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna love, uh, basically, gonna, I'm gonna love uh, calling a mediocre red right to his face. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Um, he basically said that um. That the Initiatives AAA game is going to be released in episodic format and its story is set in the same universe. And he basically said Mm -hmm. something along the lines of, like, all these episodes of Black Mirror are linked to each other. They take place within the same universe. And when I talk about the Initiatives game, I'm not saying exactly like Black Mirror, but it has that Black Mirror-like aspect around it. And he says, quote, I know the word episodic has been thrown around. So, and he thinks that when it gets it's announced, insane. he thinks, I don't think the internet's going to react very well. This is going to be bad. A level of bad where people give up on Xbox Game Studios. Fanboys are really going to get upset. So, uh, I know people wanted us to address this, and we've talked about Perfect Dark before, um, which, it's not Perfect Dark, but it is. Uh, it's set in that universe. Like, I don't know what the... what. The thing I know about the game, and I know this for a fact, and I shouldn't say that because I don't know anything for a fact, but I had heard that it was a third-person stealth action cyberpunk game, right? Um, yeah. And I had heard that... That's it, cyberpunk the genre, not the game. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, like cyberpunk genre. like stealth. But it's like a stealth game at its core. It's third-person, right, which makes sense considering all the people that they're hiring over at the initiative. I did hear the word, um, uh, seasonal, seasonal content, uh, being thrown around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that means what it means like with like apex legends where, you know, every three months something new happens or something like that. But I, I don't, I'm not sure episodic is maybe necessarily the right word for it. Cause when pe- when people hear episodic, they think like telltale games where it's like one episode that is like two to three hours long. And then a couple months later, there's another episode that comes out. I'm not sure I would use the word episodic in that manner to describe whatever they're working on. If you catch my drift, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I think a lot of the game is obviously shrouded in mystery. Um, A lot of people want to know about it. Microsoft, this is Microsoft's own quadruple a studio. So there's been a lot of hope from a lot of people, even though they've never really talked about the game in any official capacity. You know, Phil's kind of mentioned how they're doing new, uh, new, th- new like old things in new ways, which is why people thought it was Perfect Dark. And, you know, Jeff Grubbs mentioned that it is Perfect Dark, but in a it's set in the universe and stuff like that. But people assumed that because of uh, the talent involved, like stealing people from... Uh, Sony Santa Monica that do God of War and Naughty Dog that have done Last of Us and Uncharted and people from Rockstar, all these people from all these big studios located over in Santa Monica that Xbox was essentially creating uh, what people would describe as Xbox's Last of Us or Xbox's Uncharted, like a third person AAA cinematic, you know, 15 hour game, right? That is just like. Daryl Gallagher's last game, uh, when he was in charge of the studio over at uh, 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 Crystal Dynamics when they did the Tomb Raider games, like something in that line. And uh, I don't know it, if that's perf like really accurate. Uh, the idea that it's going to be this like super cinematic uh game, uh, I, I don't. Kn- I don't really think so, I guess. I, I think it's gonna be there's gonna be obviously cinematics, but like I, I think if people are expecting um Xboxes Uncharted, I think they probably will be disappointed when it comes out. I don't think I that's think like, um what it is.
1: Yeah. Like when originally when the initiative first came out, one of their one of the rumors was that they were working on a quadruple A game. Because they, they listed in their LinkedIn profile bombastically do you want to make the next gen quadruple A game or something like that? I'm paraphrasing, but that sort of like already sent people's hype level skyrocketing. But like from what I've been hearing myself more recently and to be, to be fair, they're completely on record about this is that they want the initiative to be a a smaller, more nimble studio that like, um, isn't necessarily going to be, you know, the sort of, the studio that makes the god of war killer quote-unquote or the last of us killer that i don't think this studio is going to be that i think they're going to be working on experimental formulas similar to like what special Ed's saying you know and what you were saying i don't think this is going to be an open world cinematic action game studio i don't think this is going to be the big the big studio silver bullet that everyone's been hoping for or whatever to, to be to be Microsoft's answer to uh, answer to like, uh, you know, the God of War devs or, you know, Naughty Dog or whatever, I would very, very seriously keep your expectations in check. You know, I'm not saying they're going to make bad games. I'm just sort of like I'm sort of seeing them more in the vein of Remedy now rather than, uh you know, Naughty Dog, personally. So that's where I'm at with, with them based on rumors that I've heard. And things that I've seen.
0: Yeah. So it's <clears> just, it's just, it's just people get their expectations. Uh, you know, they, they see everybody that they're hiring and they like, oh my God, this is a quadruple A studio. Microsoft's building it. They're definitely going to make this huge Last of Us type game. And, uh, we don't really know what they're making. And people, um, I guess it really depends whenever it gets revealed and what the game is when they officially start talking about it. Cause there is, there's a lot of like, is it episodic? Is it seasonal? What is that, is that true? What does it really mean? If it is, um, I think people will just want to know what the game, they want to know what the game is and then what like all that stuff is about. So maybe we see it at the VGAs on um, Thursday and maybe they start talking about it more openly Um, but I mean, some of the stuff that he talks about is, has fallen in line with things that I've heard, but like, I've only heard a few things. So like, I'm not saying like, I, I, people, people think episodic means horrible, but I I don't necessarily think it means uh, episodic in that nature. I think, I think what they're doing is, is kind of what he mentions. Like black mirror is a show that has episodes that like, they aren't linked to each other, but they are linked overall. Like it, it, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to really find out, but people wanted us to talk about it. So yeah, the initiative game, um, we'll find out soon. I think, um, RDX says some people are talking about halo infinite being episodic too. Um, as far as the campaign, I mean, they've, they've talked about, I mean, Jez, you've talked about how like they're basically, it's basically going to be like master chief collection, right? where they just one day Uh, they just add like another chapter to it or something Um, i haven't
1: i haven't talked about that like i don't i don't know if that's what they're doing but like i've speculated that that's something they could do or you know make it sort of destiny like i think the a lot of the industry seems to like destiny's formula like even even world of warcraft to some degree does that now where like they have like uh There's two In World of Warcraft, there's two different types of quests now. There's like a campaign quest and then like, you know, just a regular sort of regular quest, which I guess a side quest now. And then like every update, every patch, every few weeks, they add more campaign quests which sort of push the story forward towards the next like big updates and stuff, which you get for free because, well, because World of Warcraft subscription based. So like some of the patches for WoW are like bigger than expansions that you get for Destiny which you pay $60 for, but that's a whole nother discussion. But I think like th- this idea of an ongoing story that gets perpetually updated is something that the industry kind of likes because you've got to remember we're moving away f- um, this whole idea of units sold and more towards engagement. How many people are engaged in your platform, you know, because if you've got people engaged in your platform, then you can upsell to them, you know, you can upsell, you know, services, merchandise, subscriptions you know they they tell their friends who might also get involved and pay for all that extra stuff you know merchandise subscriptions services whatever um that's more the name of the game now we're moving towards an engagement-based gaming game as a service thing like at grand theft auto man look at grand theft auto i keep having to remind myself that that game launched on the 360. It's just crazy, like what they've done with that that game as a service. I know it's like multiplayer sandbox, and it's a little bit different, but that's the kind of like that's that's what they're going for now with everything. Like even single player games, you know, that's what they're going to be going for with Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's going to have multiplayer as well, uh, which is something people are forgetting. So, um, and also like the, you know, they might they've already they've already confirmed they're going to have more story quests to Cyberpunk in in the, in the, as part of the service and stuff like that. I don't know. But anyway, um, maybe it's going to be an experimental sort of game that's sort of like a platform or something like that. I have no idea. But like you say, we're going to find out sooner rather than later, I think. Yeah. And all these rooms will be put to bed. But for anyone expecting it to be Microsoft's answer to God of War, I don't think you're going to be pleased with what comes out of it.
0: Uh, Nathan says, if it's a double A game, Phil deserves to be roasted into oblivion. I think it's just more of a game that the studio wants to make. I don't think Phil tells any of the studios what to do.
1: Yeah, you gotta remember, Phil Phil runs the business. He doesn't run the gaming stuff anymore. That's Matt Booty. So, you know, Matt Booty's job is to sort of manage what the studios do and, you know, de- deliver on that all-important KPI, which is to have sexy engagement numbers south. So, um, that's what You know, it's just the way the industry is now. And uh, that's what people want, apparently. You know, that's why, you know, millions and millions of people play mobile games that get updated and have battle passes and stuff like that. That's why Fortnite's a massive game. And all our our favorite publishers, they want that kind of audience, you know. But the the thing about Game Pass is that to uh, have a subscription service that gets everyone involved, is you've got to have every single type of game. So, that's the one saving grace, I guess. And that's why, like, you know, Microsoft bought Bethesda in the first place, is to have those kind of games in its service. But expecting, at least when it comes to the initiative, I do not think it's going to be this kind of big answer to God of War that a lot of people
0: were hoping for. Right. So, yeah. Um, Microsoft did make an acquisition recently, Jez. Yeah. G. Smash.gg! It's over. The like... console war is over, baby. They got Smash. <laughs> so I...
1: this is less Xbox and more MSN News, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you saw, but MSN News has now has an esports section now, and they some someone at Microsoft is convinced convinced whoever runs MSN that esports is a, a thing worth covering. I uh, I don't know. I got a different opinion about that, but. Alas, someone at Microsoft thinks it was a worthwhile purchase, but pretty much like um, Microsoft Xbox's tournament system, which died very quickly, and pretty much Microsoft's a very, shall we say, diffuse focus on esports, like Gears esports, Halo esports, and all that sort of stuff, just hasn't been doing that great. And I think like people who are involved in that would agree with me <laughs> about about that. Um, Microsoft I don't know. Microsoft's idea about what esports is might be very different from what Xbox's idea of esports is, so I don't think this is I think this is a big nothing burger for as per, as pertains to Xbox.
0: Yeah, I think it's a whole bunch of nothing as well. Yeah. I mean, my, Microsoft tried their own like esports thing. There was like tournaments or whatever. Remember that? It was like mm-hmm. in the Xbox Dash and nothing really ever came of it. Yeah. I don't think Xbox as an entity cares
1: about eSports. They see it as a marketing tool, and they don't really... Well, I mean, everyone sees it as a marketing tool. You know the reason Activision does it. They don't care. Do you think Activision... Do you think Bobby Kotick gets out of his, like, satin sheets and, you know, sipping his, like, you know, super expensive coffee in the morning? Do you think he he logs on to the latest eSports news and checks out... What Phase Clan have been doing recently? They don't give a crap about the sports and the competitive stuff. It's all about the marketing. It's all about Overwatch marketing. It's all about those sponsorships. They don't they don't give a damn about their esports stars. They don't give a damn about these kids who think that like you know they're gonna have a career out of it and whatever. They don't care about any of those people. They don't care about the announcers. They don't care about any of the employees. For them, it's nothing to do with the competition. It's all about the. What? how much marketing they can get out of it, how much sponsorship they can get out of it, how much merchandise they can sell. I don't give a crap about any of that stuff. So like esports is still in, very much in this sort of nascent stage right now where there really does need to be, there needs to be a publisher who actually does care about that stuff. Step up and actually make it into a sort of realistic competitive platform because right now it's just sort of this quasi-marketing system that isn't really in the spirit of competition at all i don't think and uh i don't think this smash gg thing is going to change that at all but who knows keep an eye on it if you care about esports. but i am i don't think it's a big nothing but
0: um so let's talk about uh let's talk about uh, the xbox series x versus ps5 performance and the only reason we're bringing it up is because microsoft actually responded about it right jez um, I think Tom Warren wrote an article basically detailing all the digital foundry analysis that had come out, uh, saying that certain games run better on the PlayStation 5. And, well, that wasn't supposed to be the case. You know, Microsoft marketed the Series X as the world's most powerful uh, console. And people thought, hey, you know what? Uh, that means the multiplats are going to run better. But it that hasn't been the case. I mean, like, you know, some modes, the... Series X does run better, but then other modes, uh, you know, the PlayStation 5 runs better. So, for Tom's article, um, they did respond, and they basically put it on the developers. He, the, the, the quote from Microsoft was, We are aware of performance issues in a handful of optimized titles on Series X and S, and are actively working with our partners to identify and resolve the issues to ensure an, optical, an optimal experience. As we begin a new new console generation, our partners are just now scratching the surface of what next-gen consoles can do, and minor bug fixes are expected as they learn how to take full advantage of our new platform, and we are eager to continue working with developers to further explore the capability of Series X and S in the future. So what does that mean to you Mm -hmm. when Microsoft comes out and basically lays the blame, right? Because am I reading that right? Like, they kind of lay the blame at... The developers, because hey, it's a new it's a new platform. They're just scratching the surfaces. There's some bugs. Um, what do you think about Microsoft's response to uh, PlayStation performing better in some games? It's a
1: very it's a very PR response. You know, it came straight that came straight out of marketing or whatever. It's not necessarily like uh, I'd, pro- I'd expect Phil would probably say something completely different. But um, I think it's just sort of like. It's kind of to be expected, surely, that launch platform has issues, I guess. And launching in a pandemic, making sure that all this stuff was ready for launch. I mean, um, we heard years ago that Sony had already shipped dev kits to people. So, you know, this was sort of hinted at or expected that Microsoft's platform coming in a little hot, maybe. Um, and certainly the game's that launched with it seems to suggest that like i was trying i was trying to review um observer system redux but i just couldn't because the frame rate was so all over the place and it just hurt like i don't have the best eyesight in the world but it was just just hurt hurt my head to see a game go from 60 frames chugging down to 20 frames out of nowhere you know and um and that game ran better on playstation 5 and then like you know, the whole screen tearing thing with Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla, you know and, uh, the, you know, having less performance in PlayStation 5 again like, do, do you blame devs when it's it seems to be a across the board issue or not? I don't know I don't really know for sure who's who's to blame here, but I don't really think it's necessarily an issue of blame it's more about these platforms are still in a launch sort of phase where things are just messed up like the whole issue with the PlayStation dashboard doing that database rebuilding thing, like do you really like get mad at Sony over that, or do you just say, well, you know it is what it is it's a launch it's a launch it's a launch phase, and it's gonna happen you know when we're you know launching stuff in the middle of a pandemic and you're doing your q and a testing from remotely and you can't like oversee things properly and that sort of stuff I think like we're gonna we're gonna see this repeatedly. For a while. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same story with Cyberpunk next week, although I'm sure Microsoft are probably all over that to make sure that doesn't happen. But um But the the real truth is that the mathematical reality is that the Xbox is more powerful. It's just about like is the software up to stuff, are the drivers optimized properly? Is the dev are the dev tools easy to use and easy to understand? you know and stuff like that it's sort of those sort of issues and i think like if you're someone who really gets upset about the 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 couple of frames every minute you might lose about it then you know i can't help you but it is something that it is there is something to be said about the fact microsoft advertises as the most powerful platform but has yet to be able to demonstrate that um Because even with the update, like it's not like the difference between Assassin's Creed Valhalla across the different platforms is so wildly different between the two. Is that fair to say? I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, you you define
1: the most powerful platform, really. I mean, when Microsoft has nothing to demonstrate it.
0: I mean, people people will obviously it's become a meme now, but it's all about the tools, right? Like the, 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 the different tools that each platform has. And I mean, I know you've heard it. I've heard it forever that game, like it's just easier to work on PlayStation five than it is on uh series X. I mean, you've mm. talked about on the podcast about how they went from what GD or era to GDK or something. How they, you yeah, know,
1: my, Microsoft, Microsoft to put a huge emphasis on the future with the Xbox series X they're future proof in everything which means that um essentially they're working with tools that aren't fully finished yet because well, they, they want to have a system that will last the whole gen and not have to have a mid gen upgrade at some point
0: which is interesting because we did see the PS5 pro trending on twitter right yeah uh, so what, what is that about? I mean, it, it's basically like uh, I think somebody discovered some patents that were filed last year, and I think I, I saw like Jeff Grubb and some other people like make fun of one of the websites, T three, that wrote an article with one of those like clickbait headlines, like the PS five the PS five Pro with two GPUs is the death blow Xbox Series X didn't see coming or something like that, right? Where <laughs> <Or>, like. <laughs> And then, like, Jeff Grubb tweeted something like, hey, when you've been making up all these ridiculous stories about next-gen and then next-gen is finally here, like, what are you going to make content about? And it's just like, just keep it going. The PS5 Pro is coming. You know, even though nobody can get the PS5 right now, there's a mid-gen upgrade coming real soon. And I I do wonder if, like, Microsoft is like – we know for a fact, Phil's talked about it, like, um, they waited longer than PlayStation to get the full RDNA 2 feature set from AMD. Phil's mentioned that Sony hasn't really come out and said otherwise. So one would assume if, if Sony did have all the full RDNA two feature sets, not saying that they don't have custom variants of whatever AMD has, but if they did, Sony would come out and say, you know, that that's not true. That's false. Uh, And they, you know, Phil said that because of that, you know, their, their, their dev kits were a little bit later. Their tools aren't as mature. um, You know, uh, and that's one of the reasons why they weren't able to produce as many. So they're banking on a year from now, two years from now, and for the rest of the generation, when developers come to terms with the tools and, uh, you know, uh, all the RDNA2 features, that essentially the Series X will be uh, essentially a level beyond the PlayStation 5, I think is the thought, right? That it'll be way more. Like they expect the. Uh, discrepancies between the two consoles to become more apparent as time goes on, so like as of right now yeah the PlayStation five is running games better but a year from now two years from now that won't be the case at least um uh, that's what they say you know that that's what they uh that's what they would want right um uh, still, that's what they that's what they're planning who, on I guess
1: yeah but still if you are someone who looked at the, the spec sheet and looked at the marketing and Microsoft saying this is the most powerful console and then it's not on pay on on, when it comes to like reality that's I can see why someone might be annoyed about that Mm -hmm. so but it just shows that you know there are way more there are more complex things at play than simply here's two tables and the Xbox you know on paper is more powerful but I you know at, at some point, you have to reckon with reality, and if in if, in a in a world where both platforms have the same level of polish in their dev tools and stuff like that, the Xbox Series X should outperform the PlayStation Five. Like, there's literally no reason it shouldn't. Like, unless something is drastically wrong that, that that someone somewhere is overlooked. Like, if these were if these were PCs, there'd be no question about it.
0: You know, alas. So I guess one of the other questions that we were asked earlier is, are you surprised by all this? Are you surprised that, uh, you know, if it was six months ago, did you think everything would run better on Series X? And therefore you're surprised that, you know, essentially, I think they did an NBA 2K analysis today, Digital Foundry, and they found that it runs better on PlayStation 5. Like, is that surprising to you? Or is it just kind of commonplace at this point now?
1: I I am surprised about it. Like I'm not going to lie. I I it surprised me because um if you if you have a PC gaming mindset, like I said, there's no reason why that pl- the uh the PlayStation should outperform the Xbox, but you can't really have a PC gaming mindset about this because they're not the same. They're not using off-the-shelf parts. They're not using off-the-shelf software. They're not using the same drivers they're not using the same dev tools. It's like a completely different environment between the two. So I I had put a lot of faith in Microsoft to be able to make good on their promise that the Xbox would be more powerful. I, I had a lot of faith in their ability to cater to devs and have those dev tools ready and stuff like that. And But there's no other way... There's no, You can't... There's no other way to, to cut it. They, they didn't deliver. You know? Like, what do you want? Do you want... <laughs> I can't... It's a, there's a point where you can't apologize anymore for Microsoft. They didn't deliver. They said it'd be the most powerful console, and they didn't deliver. What do you want? Lies? It's 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 plain to see. You live by the truth. You live by Digital Foundry. You die by Digital Foundry. And Digital Foundry has proven that the games aren't performing as well on Xbox right now. That might change in the future. But right now, they are marketing that thing as the most powerful console and it ain't. So... What do you what do you do? What do you say to that? What do you say, Rand? What do you say?
0: I mean, you say <laughs> I don't know. I honestly I'm not that I'm not that surprised. I think I mentioned it before. Like I don't I just I think it's a problem <laughs> for Microsoft eventually if they don't get this worked out, if their bet on AMD and RDNA two stuff doesn't pan out, like they think it'll pan out a year or two from now, then I think that becomes an issue for them and their marketing. Um, but today, you know, this is happening now. I know, I know it's happening now, but like nobody can buy a console now. So, and I don't think it really matters too much right now in this moment. Right. Uh, people are celebrating, uh, and I and I get PlayStation fans rubbing it into Xbox fans' face, right? Xbox fans, since the reveal of the consoles and the spec sheets, have been basically been saying on Twitter and elsewhere that we're gonna have the best versions. And oh, PlayStation Five can only do fourteen forty p, you know, like stuff like that, right? So I'm not surprised that suddenly all these games that uh, you know are running better on the PlayStation Five that the PlayStation fans would uh, take their, you know, basically rub it in their face. I get it because Xbox fans were doing that to you. So I, I, it is it is surprising in some sense, but like, I don't know, a couple of weeks leading up to launch, like I had been told like, eh, there's going to be a lot of big kind of surprises. Uh, you know, PlayStation games are running better for X, Y, and Z reasons. And it doesn't look good. Like clearly we're talking about on the podcast and Microsoft had to answer it, which I don't think they really wanted to i and And then, essentially, they threw their developers on their bus by saying, "Well, it's a new platform, and you know devs have to come to terms with it and and stuff like that, and we're working with them and it's like I don't think that's what they wanted when they originally set out and envisioned we're gonna make the most powerful console like they were hoping that Digital Foundry would show off all these games, and that the proof would be in the pudding that when you when you looked at it, the Series X version was consistently performing better, right that it had higher frame rates. That it was locked at 60 and the PlayStation version was the one that was dropping to 55. And it just flipped on them. And I'm sure that they can't be happy with that. And that's something that they need to fix. And if it's not something they can fix, then they're going to be in a, for a rude awakening for uh, the next couple years. Because Microsoft, with Halo getting delayed, basically, with their whole strategy was this very similar to the Xbox One X. You know, Xbox One X yeah. launched with Super Lucky's Tale and that was it. And Halo and Halo was supposed to launch with the Series X but it didn't. So it launched with Gears Tactics. And the whole idea was like, well, you know, you remember E3 the year the One X was announced or it came out like 2017, they handed out fan or signs to fans with the little like little like a uh, billboard thing that said you know what the that said plays better on Xbox with the with the arrow pointing to it you remember that yeah i, I think it was that. e3 2017 so like the fans would go around and they stand next to call of duty and it would say plays better on Xbox because that was the whole angle it was like the Xbox One X is the most powerful and every third party is going to be more powerful here that was kind of the same strategy that microsoft was employing for this launch except it didn't happen or at least it's not happening now could the script flip and a year from now, two years from now, when it's all just next-gen games uh, come out and Series X is outperforming the PlayStation 5, yeah, absolutely, that could happen. It, it, it might happen. It, it, I, I'm not going to say it 100% will happen, but it definitely could. And you know, at that point, Microsoft's living up to what they wanted the system to do, but like right now, it's got to be a little... You know, if you're like Jason Ronald and some of the other guys at Xbox, and you're all proud about you know your stable, you know uh, clocks and all that stuff that you took shots at at Sony, you know with their backwards compatibility and how they were using variable and all that stuff, only to have the systems come out and you're getting outperformed. Whether it's devs' problems, whether it's bugs on the hardware side or platform side or or what have you, like that's gotta That's got to sting a little bit, right? Yep. I mean, there's
1: just literally no other way of saying it. You can apologize to Microsoft and say, oh, well, the dev tools, like, wait a year, wait a year. I'm kind of at a point where it's like, they've advertised it as the most powerful console, and it's not delivering. So at, at some point, you have to stand up and ask for better. You know, Don't say it's the most powerful console until it is. And then it's kind of like, how long are we going to be waiting we're going to be waiting a year for this to be demonstrable are we we going to be waiting two years you know (laughs) that's a whole two years where the playstation 5 not only has better exclusives but also is more powerful it's kind of kind of bad it's kind of bad round yeah you know i i've literally i've literally written about like the 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 fact that consoles are the same price where the xbox is more powerful that's uh that's pretty impressive on microsoft's part but it ain't
0: it ain't delivering on that that promise of power so you know well you see i'm gonna be i'm gonna be really positive here and i kind of mentioned it before (laughs) okay someone i'm gonna be really positive i think i think the series x is and I've said this before: the best gaming hardware Microsoft has built. And even if it is losing on to the PlayStation Five, both these systems have given exact have given me exactly what I was looking for. So right now, yeah, you know, NBA Two K Twenty One doesn't, you know, it drops a couple frames, or you know, Valhalla doesn't have screen tearing on PlayStation Five, or what have you, right? Um, I'm really enjoying both the consoles. I I think they've given me exactly what I needed, which was performance and speed. And I've always said it doesn't necessarily matter to me that Xbox needed to be the most powerful. I, I always just needed it to just not be completely behind the PlayStation like the Xbox One was in the PlayStation 4, where you had one at 1080p and one at 720, right? Like, clearly the Xbox One was the lesser of the two and it showed up right? And because the Xbox one just couldn't run games at the same resolution, the PlayStation four was just a more powerful system. So now you have the series X basically running games at the same resolution as the PlayStation five and just currently not hitting the frame rate targets. But thanks to my investment in a CX TV, I rarely see that because of variable refresh rate, like it kind of lock, you know, it's locking, you know, it refreshes to the frame rate and the monitor refresh. So, and I don't see the screen tearing, and everything is sixty frames. So, even though right now the Series X isn't acting like the world's most powerful console, I didn't need it to, and that wasn't the reason why I got it in the first place. I just needed it to yeah, be I mean... as good as the PlayStation Five, and right now it is for me. And you know, sixty frames and the load times are all I was expecting out of this generation. I wasn't expect. I wasn't one of those people expecting this huge like monumental graphical leap. I was expecting games to hit 60 frames and games loading faster. And that's exactly what Microsoft and PlayStation has delivered. And I knew that Microsoft's first party was going to take time. They bought all those studios in 2018. They bought Bethesda. I knew when Microsoft bought those studios in 2018 that it would be about four years before those teams would put out games. So I already knew that it was going to be 2022 before Microsoft's first party started really turning everything out so that's like no so like I knew what exactly what I, I I knew exactly what to expect from Xbox uh, in regards to this launch I mean it's just it's disappointing that it happened that way but it was it was entirely expected and you know like so that that's kind of my whole take on it um is that the hardware is giving like, me ah, exactly what at I wanted the end of the day. and there's a,
1: there's another aspect of this that we we don't we often forget Because you know, we don't. We just buy games anyway. But Game Pass is still, by far and away, is the best deal in gaming right now. Right.
0: Well, so Marquis Gooden says. Sorry, go on. Well, so Marquis Gooden says, "Rant." I think you said Xbox needs to be more powerful. Yes, I said they need to be more powerful. I didn't say I need it to be more powerful, right? for Microsoft to compete against Sony on the console space, they needed the system to be more powerful and they needed the system to be cheaper. Uh, because PlayStation is just so dominant everywhere. I didn't need the system to be more powerful. I just needed the system to be just as good as I'm not, I'm not somebody that's been, you know, like basically going on and on about like resolution, uh, and power this entire time my channel's not focused on that I, I don't really put out tech videos and when i do it's essentially just like okay what do any of these terms mean because i don't understand it all um i just wanted yeah. everything to be 60 frames and that's exactly what i'm getting so
1: it's i think we both we both talked about the fact that we're not we're not in this for the power and if we were we wouldn't be on console we'd be on pc exactly. because that's where the power lives. So, like, if you want if you want power, you're on PC anyway. You you you're, line, you're trying to get a RTX thirty ninety or something. You're not you're not bothering with these consoles. You're on console because you want convenience and value at the end of the day, and uh, you know. But we're just commenting on the fact that Microsoft advertises this as the most powerful, and they're not delivering on that. That's that's merely what it is. You have to you have to remember that. There there are times to be analytical and there are times when you talk about what you personally care about. Right now, I'm playing, like, a 16-year-old game that looks like a PS2 game. You know, which is World of Warcraft. I mean, maybe maybe ps is a bit harsh. But, you know, World of Warcraft's not known for its photorealistic visuals, is it? And yet it's still the, my favorite game of all time, probably. Um, So, but we just we just commenting on the fact that Microsoft... Advertises these games as such, and that people might have maybe purchased them based on that marketing. And you know, if they want to have the power narrative, they need to show it. And uh, they can point to things like Gears, Gears of War, fi- Gears of War 5, but it's kind of like the game came out ages ago, you know. And I don't think it looked that much more amazing on Series X than it did on the.
0: No, I mean, it, um, it does. It, it like. Unless, it it unless looks you're talking really frame good.
1: rate. I don't think it looks that much
0: different. I mean, no, I, I can tell it looks different. I, I can definitely tell. I mean, look beyond just frames. Frames, the way that looks like, I can tell even Doom Eternal looks different. Um, mm. like looks better. Looks like the resolution is a little bit higher. Um, yeah, like look, I. I don't know, like, I see Top Dog is in here, like, saying I'm damage controlling. Hey, what, what's going on, Top Dog? At least Top Dog only comments once and then leaves it alone. Like, I don't mind that. There's some other, and, and he just keeps it simple. Um, uh, I just, I don't know, like, talking about this, the pull power thing, like, I get it. I get why people are, are the way they are. Like, Microsoft promised one thing, and here we are. But I, I do wonder if a year from now we'll be having this same discussion. Well, a year from now, all the games run better on Series X, and then people will forget about, well, it didn't didn't launch very well. Like, you know, both systems... I mean, look, the PlayStation 5 seems to have a lot of GPU issues, like seen on Twitter. I've had it personally crash a whole bunch of times. You know, they did put these systems together, and devs are making games in an era of work-from-home with, with COVID raging. So, you know, games are usually buggy at launch, like the Ubisoft games, and they, you know, like... I just I don't think it's the exact optimal conditions that both PlayStation and Xbox wanted to send out their consoles. You know, yeah. I think it really taxed them uh, getting the full potential out of it. So we'll I mean we'll see we'll see what it's like a year from now. I don't know like I I don't think it'll be like this, but. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the PlayStation Five will be the, you know, the the leader the entire generation, and Microsoft waiting for RDNA two and the full cheese feature set will have been point a pointless venture, and it will completely bite them in the ass. I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, case by case basis. Says at this point, Xbox's best vaccine for their issues are going to be exclusives. Their Xbox Game Studios are working on this. Will be a footnote. Um, yeah. I mean, that's all. Really matters is games. Uh, The hardware is perfectly capable, even if right now, you know, it drops a couple frames less than PlayStation, right? The hardware is great. It's just Microsoft needs their studios to start pumping out great games. And I'm not just talking about, like, they can't just be uh, 60, 70 meta where it's just like you play it once and you forget it. Like these games need to be great, right? Fable needs to be great. Avowed needs to be great. And I think they will. You know, Forza Horizon 5 will be, Great, which we're going to be talking about here in a second. Motorsport will always be, con- like, they are consistent franchises that are really good. But, uh, you know, Compulsion, like, they made two mediocre games. Is Microsoft Help really going to elevate them from making 50 Metacritic games to 80 Metacritic and actually be something uh, worth talking about? Possibly. But, yeah, they definitely need those uh, game studios to start cranking them out. Because that's when Game Pass will explode, which is already amazing. I mean, you saw Control was added, Doom Eternal for PC. They added 17 games to Xbox Game Pass Jazz, and that's just from the first half of the month. You know, yeah. um, so, so it's all just it's all just them. Like PlayStation, you know they they've been they've been working on their studios for a long time. It's why they're able to have all the great games in 2019, or all the great games this year: Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima, God of War's, and you know. Uh, the Spider-Man's in 2018, and then this year they launched with Demon's Souls, even though it's not from one of their first party, but they planned on it. And they still have The Next Horizon and God of War. That's eventually how Xbox, at least I view it, will be. Where it's like, you ha- you're you playing Fable in 2022 from Playground Games, and then, oh, a couple months later after that, there is you know a game from Double Fine. And like, oh, here's a game from... The initiative and like oh here's a game from uh you know uh essentially like let's say bethesda or here's a game from arcane like that's when it's all going to matter and this i agree with case by case basis that like this what we're talking about right now will be a complete footnote when it does happen because games are the most important thing especially if the the systems are basically uh identical and there were a lot of people and shout out to those people that said at the launch of this uh, at this gen, like there's going to be virtually no differences between the PS5 and Series X. Remember, Jez? There were a lot of people that said that. Yep, there were. And they ended and up being there, completely right. There are right. a lot of
1: people who, yeah, and there's a lot of people who are very angry in my mentions, saying, giving me a million reasons why Xbox is way more powerful, and you know, talking about all these vague technical terms that I don't understand, and they know I don't understand, but just because they want to sound smart, but. I only care about the end result and the end result is that PlayStation is more powerful. That's the, that's the marketable reality here, but PlayStation isn't exactly making a huge, uh, marketing push around that fact because maybe they know that the the reality is eventually, eventually the shoe will be on the other foot, you know? So even Sony isn't pushing this, the digital foundry comparisons. (laughs) <laughs> as much as microsoft has been rich
0: rich l says you sound depressed i'm I'm not depressed whatsoever i just don't i just don't like talking the tech stuff i'm just i i feel like i'm out of my element when i talk about this stuff when i talk about rdna2 and i see jd's gamer here's like his super chat of like the porting cus on both platforms the series x will be roughly 20 percent behind because it's 21 percent clock slower than the ps5 but it's 40 percent more cus not used like that stuff just goes over my head so when i'm we're talking about this topic because it's a big thing i just don't I, I just don't have the level of knowledge where i can talk comfortably about it when i i have to speak more in generalities so it might sound like i'm depressed but trust me i'm anything but like i've told you guys repeatedly i am more excited for the future of xbox than i ever have been right i just don't like talking about power and all this stuff because it's just I, I always found it boring. I always, like, I watch all my friends' videos and I like them all, but, like, I find the power talk to be just completely boring. Um, and I've gotten exactly what I wanted out of the Series X. The hardware itself, 60 frames, it's doing it. Now I just need, you know, Xbox Game Studios to deliver and start putting out all these great games, and it's good. So, no, I'm, I'm the exact opposite of depressed. Like, I'm loving no, gaming right now. D-
1: I don't the, the power stuff goes over my head as well, but I'm interested in it purely from a marketing perspective and an analytical perspective. Like Microsoft Microsoft did give Digital Foundry exclusive access because it wanted it wanted to elevate and you know the whole product truth narrative and it's really backfired on them now. You know? They're the ones who really pushed that with the one X. They really, really pushed it and no one here can deny that that microsoft very uniquely gave the foundry unprecedented early access to their system because they wanted to have this product truth narrative and it is a very 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 hard backfired on them i you can't you can't deny that i don't think anyone can deny that you know the fact that they had to release this sort of very wishy-washy statement to the verge sort of underscores that for me and I find that interesting from an analytical perspective. But from a personal gamer's perspective, I don't give a crap. <laughs> like I said, I'd be, If I cared so much about counting every single pixel and frame, I'd be on PC. I'd have like, you know, I'd have like a beast mode PC because it's not like I can't afford it. I just, you know, I just like the convenience of a console. I don't like having to deal with all the PC stuff that you often have to deal with.
0: Yeah, that's my thing. If I If I cared about power, I'd be on PC... Uh, like, I just yeah. don't want to game on PC. I always... The most important thing to me has always been games. And, like, the Xbox One was just so far behind the PlayStation where, like, at that point, yeah, like, power did matter because there was a big significant difference. Like, right now, like, you're talking a couple frames here and there. On a TV that I have that negates all that. So, like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Some people... To some people, it is... You know, uh, power is important. Clearly, like, all the Sony fans talking about all the wins with Digital Foundry, it was important. The Xbox fans hoping that the Digital Foundry would give them the wins, it was important. The people talking about PlayStation 5 Pro already on Twitter. I mean, clearly, you know, power matters to a certain subset of people. Uh, I don't even think power matters to some of these people. It's just about having
1: having a feather in the cap. It's about having something to... A talking point for the week about having something to point to and say oh look my console's better because XYZ I don't think they actually care about power either uh. so if we care about power again you'd be on a PC you wouldn't be on a console yeah, maybe you'd, you'd, be on, you'd be on an upgradable chassis that has like frequent incremental you know upgrades that you can get squeeze every little shred of juice out of and tech like DLSS and stuff like that you can't get on
0: console. Um, so, yeah, Face says, I'm confused Microsoft advertises Series X as the most powerful console, and I also saw them advertise as the most powerful Xbox. I've seen both. They've, they've done both because, yeah, like I say,
1: they can't really call it the most powerful console right now.
0: I don't know what they're doing currently in their ads because I haven't really seen any of their ads, uh, but I've seen them do both. And I would imagine... If Sony could advertise as the most powerful, they would want to. Uh, I mean, they they did with during the PS4 Pro and the PS4, is, and then Xbox did with the One X, and it's it's a it's a good marketing angle if you have it. I'm just I I don't know if if Xbox can't right now or if PlayStation like just says maybe they would want to, but then they know it's not going to. La- I mean, who knows with all that stuff? And I'm kind of sick of talking about the hardware right now, anyways. Um, yeah. Let me get a couple other uh, things here. Um, let's see, I missed, I missed something. Um, JD Gamer says the Series X underperforming is explained easily. Both systems on a chip have at least 36 to use, with the PS4 being the default programming platform, and the Series X getting ports. I mean, I, I, I don't know about. I mean, I don't know anything about that. Uh, Showin says Sony does a better job at shutting up and just grind. Sony does have a lot less leaks. Like Microsoft is very leaky, leaky. I mean, Jez and like Brad Sam said, like both the Lockhart and Series X info when it was Anaconda back in 2018, right? Like it's not often that PlayStation leaks for whatever reason, uh, but Microsoft definitely does. Uh, JD Gamer also says Jez, the marketing thing will change as soon as the Xbox, Xbox Series X brings out one game that looks great and it's coming, but you're right, it won't hit till next year. Parker Petrov says, imagine judging Last Gen only on Knack and Rise. That is true. Um, you know, launch games are certainly not necessarily the best represent representation of the whole generation, right? Rise, uh, Knack, Killzone Shadowfall, though Killzone Shadowfall looked really great when they revealed it, uh, Crimson Dragon, Dead Rising 3, right? And then later in the generation, you get stuff like Red Dead Redemption 2, Last of Us Part 2, Metro Exodus, that just look absolutely insane. And then you remember what games kind of look like at the beginning of the gen, and you're like, oh yeah, things will get better as developers get more time with, with the consoles. I mean, it happens every single time. Yeah. I mean, think of the 360, you know, like Perfect Dark Zero versus, you know, Gears 3, you know, at the end of the generation. Like, how games look then versus how they ended up looking. Like, it always happens, and it'll happen again. Um, Sin Vendetta says, honestly, it took... Till 2017 before the PSVs PS4's exclusives really started killing it and I think a similar thing will happen for Xbox's first party yeah that's a lot of that's a lot that's um and that's a good point uh, that people don't like to really bring up is that PlayStation 4 wasn't killing it right away um, you can even make the argument the Xbox had better exclusives in the beginning and it was just so happened that when PlayStation started getting rolling Xbox started declining. And, um, you know, once 2017 hit and it was Horizon Zero Dawn, that big new open world IP alongside some really good Japanese titles like Nier Automata and um, I think Neo came out and then Xbox really had just Halo Wars 2 that year in 2017, I think. That was when the narrative really kind of shifted. But yeah, I mean, like Bloodborne was 2015 and Uncharted 4 was 2016. But yeah, once 2017 hit, it was pretty much off and running for PlayStation. And then it was the opposite... Well,
1: that's oh, the hope Xbox. for Yeah. That's the hope for Xbox with the, all their new studios is that they're sort of in this sort of integration growing period. And then it, when they get when they like everything's in place, we should just get a situation where there's game after game after game after game and there's like it comes a point where like I won't even have time to cover other companies' games because I'll be so so inundated with all the stuff that x microsoft game studios or xbox game studios and bethesda zenimax whatever are releasing so i do like appreciate that aspect of it but it just feels like we've been waiting forever at this point for that that eventuality to happen and it's it it, they've fared a little bit better on pc um like age of empires done really well and uh obviously flight simulators done really well like i don't i don't know if there's a huge fan base for those kind of games here but like as a from an analytical perspective or a business perspective microsoft had like one of its best years ever last year so you know there are different ways to look at this you can look at it from a fan who's as someone who wants those wants microsoft to deliver on its promise of exclusives and it does feel like we've been waiting a long ass time for that to happen um you can look at it from the perspective of you know analytical press sort of minded and be like, well, yeah, this is the 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 cold, boring reality is that these things take time, you know.
0: Well people don't wanna hear you... but but people don't wanna hear that though, Jazz. Like yeah, I, no. I don't blame and, them because it's been I like I don't blame them either. Yeah. I
1: don't blame them either. And this all Microsoft t- still markets the console and they don't they don't they're not transparent with how the games are developing. You know, it's 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 weird, you know, when you compare like an indie PC game and how transparent they are with the game's development and how control like and then comp- like for example like an early access game say like one game i'm interested in right now is surviving the aftermath right which is sort of like a it's like a survival strategy simulation game you know the kind of games i like like surviving mars that kind of game they've been they've been like so transparent and upfront with the way that game's been developing and uh you know releasing update trailers and all that sort of stuff Uh, i guess it's similar to the way they've been doing grounded but why why not do that with some of their other games you know why not give us frequent updates on what's happening i think we live in a time where people (laughs) don't need to be sort of babysat about this sort of stuff why not just like um one cool thing they were doing with dragon age even and we, this might be a good segue into the whole bioware conversation we're gonna have um one thing they were doing with dragon age which i liked was that they, they were showing off some of the animation showing off some of the concept art and stuff like that being a little bit more transparent with how it's going and you could argue that maybe that's because they have literally no choice because everyone's faith in bioware is basically zero um you could argue that point but why not just have more open development in general Like I don't know why everything has to be so secretive and controlled and on all that stuff. And then you could stop leaks if you were just, if you'd leak it yourself. I don't know. That's
0: probably a deeper philosophical conversation. We could have some time. Well, I was also going to tie it into Phil's quote, but I will here in just a second. Uh, Xbox Lord Gamer says, you say seasonal, but is Perfect Dark fully single player content rich? The problem with talking about Perfect Dark is I only know broad generalizations of things that I heard a while back. Um, and I have, haven't heard anything recently about it. So, is it single player? It could be. I haven't heard anything to say that, that it's not. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some multiplayer feature set. Where, like, you're competing in some manner. Content rich? I think so. I mean, you know what I mean? It's hard to really say definitively. Because I just know uh, broad generalizations of the game. You know? Basically that it's third person, stealth action, cyberpunk setting. That it's essentially a perfect dark universe in the world. Not necessarily that you're playing Gianna, D- Joanna Dark, but it's it's that. Um, other than that, I don't. And I've heard, yeah, I've heard the season seasons thrown around and episodic stuff, but like, I don't know what it means. I don't know what the implications are of it. I I don't know. And I I'm just saying. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't really answer that question. I, like the only thing that we're gonna have to wait for is for them to reveal it and for us to see it, right? Um, and for them to start talking about it. Uh, JD Gamer says PS4 was not this bastion of nothing but great games. This is a false narrative that they had bad games and literally less than ten great AAA first party exclusives in seven years. But this narrative is just accepted. And Sin Vendetta says Xbox's true failure was trying to trying to trace trends back to the 360 era, like investing in technology like connect instead of investing into their own first party studios. Exactly. A hundred yeah, percent. That's why I, and the, the people, the people who architected that
1: have been fired mm-hmm. and you know, you know, Terry Myerson is gone. Don Matrick is gone. You know, A lot of these people have just, they've just been evaporated because of how much and how badly a job they did running, running the show. You know, and that's why we now have a better plan in place, but we're still suffering from those awful decisions and I feel bad for any company that tries to pick up some of these people to run run their gaming business in the future because well, they did such a bad job of it
0: well I've always said that the Connect was the worst thing that ever happened to the Xbox brand because yeah. when they should have been investing in studios during the three sixty era, they copied the Wii. Right, they copied motion gaming when it was already on the downturn on the Wii at that point. Like the Wii just kind of fizzled out, but Xbox was like, "No, it's Connect," and then Connect sold so incredibly well, and it gave Microsoft this false idea that that's what people wanted to the point where they basically developed their next system completely around it. Hey, nobody, nobody. Tell you
1: what the truth. The truth about Connect is that Microsoft Research developed this amazing algorithm for tracking motion but they didn't know what to do with it the obvi- the obvious the obvious one was well the wii sells well let's make it into a gaming device but people bought it because a yeah the wii hype was there and also it it seemed to make promises of things that just didn't happen in reality like peter molyneux way oversold what connect was capable of not only not only t- did they oversell it to consumers but i've heard they oversold it to devs so imagine like imagine the, the spiel that peter Molyneux gave about project milo or whatever it was called um they were saying that sort of stuff to devs too and i've spoken to developers who worked on early connect games and they were saying like they promised us all this tech and all this stuff that it could do and they s- said all this you know all these abilities and speed and processing and, you know, the the latency or lack thereof, they, they made all these promises to devs. And then when devs came to actually work on it, they realized that what they actually had was half a system or half of what, half of what was actually promised. So there, there's been like, there's been countless mistakes that Microsoft has made that we are still paying for as consumers. But that's why, you know, Phil's bought in a plan that is going to work for us. Well, right, right, right. Slow.
0: Right, because, but I was just going to want to say is like, they thought Connect was going to like change everything, and it sold so well to the point where they, you know, built their next system around it. And they thought that, like, you know, there was, there was all that talk in 20, 2012 that, like, oh, console gaming is going to die. And they built this system that wasn't really for gaming, it was for multimedia experience about being this console, the Xbox One, the one input that you would need where everything's plugged into and they made a bet on that and it just bit them in the ass and you can say some of their some of their you know policies might have been a little forward looking like connect right a thing that you talk to in your house people hated that in 2013 but they love it now people love like Goog- like what google home and alexa and siri like it's totally accepted to have something listening to you all the time um, you know, dig- the digital future that Microsoft wanted to do, nobody was prepared for that in 2013, but they probably would be prepared for that in 2020. Uh, like a lot of their things were just, they tried to change too much about everything right away, even though eventually, you know, some of the things they did like were adopted what? and, and it was because it and was because just forceful. And because they were forced to build it around Connect and, 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 and basically have it there, like the Xbox One console wasn't as powerful as the PS4. it was more expensive, and, and it ruined the entire generation, and it got to the point where like everybody involved with it was gone, and Phil takes over, and there's a new CEO, and the new CEO is looking at all of his different you know services and how I'm going to make money. And he's just like, "We have the Xbox here, and it's just a sinking ship." Like, what are we doing in gaming? What are we doing here, guys? And Phil convinced him to invest. And that's, you know, what he's talked about recently, about how they're very, very focused on gaming. Now, he could have said that a couple years ago, and nobody would believe them. But now, after buying all these studios and purchasing ZeniMax for $7.5 billion, like, you kind of believe that Satya sees the potential, especially with Google and Amazon and Tencent all there. Like, gaming is going to explode especially even like right now with the pandemic going on. So I, t- it's- I
1: tell you what, what Phil's the the real genius of Phil really. I mean, uh, apart from like running a game business is being able to convince Satya and also link, link Xbox to what Satya really cares about. Satya doesn't care about gaming. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get home and play, you know, you know, 10 rounds of Call of Duty before going to bed. He doesn't care about gaming. What he cares about is Microsoft's mission statement, which is empowering others to do more. And when you, this is why the Zenimax purchase was so, so perfect for Microsoft. It gives the customers what they want in exclusive games. We think it gives, but for Satya Nadella, it gives Azure an engine for game fab, which is, which is something that it, that it, a uh, playfab or whatever it's called. Playfab, it, the, yeah. Um, yeah, playfab. It, it, didn't have an engine. It had all these tools for um, for developing games like Simply Gone and Havoc and all these systems that all these games have, but it didn't have an engine. But now it does because they own idTech and they also get the Orion platform, which is like streaming technology, which is, seems to be far more powerful than whatever algorithm they're using for xCloud. And the Orion algorithm, which Bethesda showed at its showcase last year, I believe, they showed that running Doom 4K60, which is something Microsoft never ever had the balls to do. They've never had the balls to show xCloud running at 4K60 because they know it can't do that. But Bethesda was just like, oh yeah, here's Doom running 4K60 from the cloud using our crazy patented, I should add, algorithm that um, no other no, the company can use because they patented it. And that's going to be part of xCloud. That's something that also Microsoft can sell as part of Azure. And uh, they can, you know, let another company make their own streaming service and engage their own customers and stuff. And they can provide the back end for that system. But not only that, it doesn't have to just run games. They can also run apps from the cloud. They can run like, you know, instead of running Photoshop or, you know, Adobe Premiere, which are quite intensive programs, they can run those out of the cloud using this Orion stuff. So that's ultimately... The best thing for us is that Microsoft believes in Xbox because Mark, Phil Spencer has shown the executives at Microsoft how it can be a business that's also in their core sort of pillar, which is Azure. And um, because of that, it means Xbox business is safe or it's going to be safe for a really well, long
0: yeah. time. And that necessarily wasn't true back when the Xbox One failed and Don Matrick was kicked out. There was a very like realistic you know, proposition that they yes. would sunset or sell it off. And then, you know, yeah. like, Phil knows this stuff. Like, he like he, he, he talked about in the interview, like, the promise that, like, he understands people want to play new great games on, you know, their new great hardware. And that's the whole idea of having all these studios. Like, he, his interview was great. Like, if you want to get an understanding of, like, his thought process behind the video game industry and how Game Pass works and where he sees gaming going and all this stuff, it's like, you need to read it. But, like yeah, it, the problem is, is they waited way too long to, to build new studios. Cause like every time you talk about this stuff, it's like, well, not going to see it till 2022. And it's like, and that was my biggest thing. Cause I'd been talking to, with Phil about this since 2015. My biggest thing to Phil was, I just need you to build a big first part, first like party, like studio system. Like you have five studios, like uh, the games that you're relying on third parties to make aren't that great anymore. Look what happened with Rise, uh, you know, and Crytek and and Crackdown. Like you need a huge support like system so you don't have to worry on that. You can just have games, and it was just like, yeah, I wish we could have back during the 360 times, but it just wasn't in the cards. And it's like now they finally did, which is great. And you know, I really do think this is going to be the best generation that, that Xbox has ever had.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I honestly
0: agree. do. And I probably need to make that video. I've been talking about it, but like I, I literally believe that. And I know people will laugh, and I'm sure Top Dog will say something, but with the hardware that Microsoft has built and with all the studios that they do have, I honestly, fully, 100% believe that this will be the best Xbox generation, period. Um, But it's just... The launch just Whoa. wasn't the best, and I don't know <laughs> else to really say that. I've talked about it, but I believe that. And I've I've told I've told people at Xbox I feel this way. Like I, you know, people I talk to, I I honestly truly believe that. You know, um, you know, and a lot. It, it kind of like with the PlayStation 4 did. Everybody really believe the PlayStation 4 would kill it based on the launch lineup. No, but it eventually did, and now people are convinced the PlayStation 5 is going to kill it because of their previous um you know, venture with the PlayStation 4. And I just have a feeling that, like, this gen's going to just... It's going to be great uh, with Game Pass and, and like, the fact that you can basically play Xbox wherever you want, whether it's PC or mobile, even though I'm not going to necessarily use it, but other people will. Um, and that that's just, like, the one thing of positivity uh, surrounding this. I know, like, we, we're talking about hardware, and it's a little bit... It's not the... <laughs> It's it's like It sounds like damage controller exclusives, excuses when you're talking about, well, maybe in a year or two or whatever and maybe, you, maybe some people th- said I sounded depressed, but it's like, not really. It's more because of, like, I don't like talking about tech and I don't really know it uh, what I'm talking about. But, like, I honestly believe that this gen's going to be absolutely amazing. So, I mean, if it doesn't end up amazing, if three years from now or four years from now it's just the same old, same old, trust me, I will be completely done with everything. I'll just be like, listen, I gave you the chance. I knew everything involved with it. I knew it was going to take time. I was perfectly happy uh, because I have everything. And when you have everything, I am I can play whatever I want whenever I want. It's absolutely amazing. But if, you know, 2024 comes around and Xbox is still putting out trash, you know, and the games aren't very great or whatsoever, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm done with this. Like, it, it's clear that I... Uh, you know I was wrong and my my you know uh, I shouldn't have believed that things would change but that's on me that's not on you you guys so um yeah uh, sin vendetta sa- or jD gamer says i think their true failure was that they couldn't control their own narrative and not giving people choice imagine the Xbox one x uh, Xbox one at launch with one change the choice to buy connect or not for 399 uh, case by case basis says all the more reason to keep it does exclusive. Can you imagine Digital Foundry comparing Elder Scrolls 6 on both PlayStation and the that version is better. Yeah, that would be uh <laughs> that would be something else though. right, Jazz. Microsoft phone, but oh, studios running better on the PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. Like that's Yeah, that would be hilarious. That would but... be uh, a scenario <laughs> okay, I don't son. think I don't think that uh I don't think that Microsoft that wants that. whatsoever. Um and uh we have one from Snazzy crowd. Please stop responding so aggressively to people who don't want you to talk about PlayStation or just trolls. Just ignore them and make your podcast better. Um, You know, me and Jez have talked about that. Jez always says I should just ignore the trolls. But I think they ruin it for some people that are in the chat that just want to hear us talk or talk to people in the chat and not have to deal with the trolls. And sometimes it gets under my skin because, um, I mean we've been doing this for now 155 episodes. We've been doing it for over three years and it's been the same format for three years. You know, we talk about what we play, no matter where, whatever console it's on. And then we move on to the topics. And like, I understand the name of the, the podcast is the Xbox two, but I mean, it's always been basically mine and Jez's opinions about, about gaming in maybe the perspective of an Xbox fan. So, like, if I'm playing Miles Morales on PlayStation, I'm going to talk about that. And I have a PlayStation, so I'll talk about my experiences. So, it bothers me to an extent when I see people talking about that where they don't want to hear about what games were played. They just want to hear about the topics or, you know, just make a different channel. Uh, like, it's that easy. just Just make a different channel to talk about PlayStation 5. It's just like... No, that's not going to happen. So I, it's it's good advice, and I probably should, um, you know, uh, follow it. But I also just like putting trolls in their place, honestly, because I really do find trolls pathetic. Um, but I, I get what you're saying, and I'll, I'll try to be better in the future about that. Right, Jez?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I just eventually, man. Like I I I have I been doing this longer than you. I don't know this whole social media thing. I don't know. Have I?
0: I've been doing. Yes. I've been doing this. I think you have. You're a celebrity in the UK now.
1: Six or seven. Yeah. By by UK law, I am now a celebrity, and I am no longer allowed to recommend medical products of any type <laughs> because I have thirty thousand followers on Twitter, and that is the very low baseline that the UK government consider someone a celebrity apparently. Um but eventually man, you just sort of you're just getting on to it. I like, yeah. I get trolled I don't even I don't even acknowledge I just yeah. laugh. Mute. Speaking mock.
0: speaking about game, Forza Horizon five Jez. I don't know if you saw this. Um yeah. Jeff Grubb said there's a the, he thinks it's coming next oh. year. Right? Did you see that?
1: Yeah, I did I did see that. I did see that. I, I actually that.
0: think that makes a ton of sense. And I was we haven't talked about this, so I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Do you think Forza Horizon 5 is next year? Or do you think because Forza Motorsport was announced first, that it'll release first?
1: I think it well could be released next year because um, I don't think it necessarily needs a new engine. And, you know, they've got a proven track record of just making great games, you know, with with the existing tools they've got. I don't see why... That necessarily needs to be like I, I would argue that i'm not a huge racing fan for starters but from what i understand from you know the we've got like a racing team well i say team it's one guy we got like one guy at windows central who because all the racing stuff he's got a racing license in real life like he's that he's that into racing so i was like you can cover all the racing stuff then and uh from what I understand, like it's Forza Motorsport that really needs the rethink more so than Horizon. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Yes, one hundred percent the thing. truth, one
0: hundred percent. So
1: you know, the you could just keep the same formula with Forza Horizon. You know, new setting, maybe new some new features. You know, new service, whatever. And then push it out next year. I don't see. I don't see why they need to really super go back to the drawing board on that.
0: Yeah. Like, it, to me, to me, it was like when I look at Forza Motorsport, it's a game that needs a facelift, right? They talked about redoing the engine. Clearly, Forza Motorsport has uh, dropped down in regards to popularity and sales, and even critical reception uh, than its sister franchise, Forza Horizon. So they needed more time to get that right. And I and it's like okay, if and if you really do think Forza Motorsport is twenty twenty two, is there's no way they would release both Forza games in the same year. So that would put Forza Horizon in twenty twenty three, which they're been on a two year they've been on a two year dev cycle since the first Forza Horizon game. We had Forza Horizon four in twenty eighteen. There was no Forza game this year. It's possible they gave him an extra time because of COVID, working from home, and maybe they wanted to spice things up for Forza Horizon 5. Phil's talked about how Holiday 2021 is going to be really important because the hardware supply and demand will be met. So that you're going to really need some games to really push the hardware. And what's a better game to have than essentially Xbox's second biggest franchise, or maybe third now, depending on where you put Elder Scrolls in relation to Master Chief? Then having Forza Horizon 5 come out in 2021, probably be cross-generation because we know that pretty much everything in 2021 is going to be cross-gen, and release it. And then Forza Motorsport comes out in 2022. They do all the updates to the engine that it needs to, and then they can can share that technology and the engine upgrades that they made for Forza Tech, give it to the Playground team, and then they make Forza Horizon 6 a couple years later as a next-gen game. I think it makes a ton of sense unless Motorsport is releasing next year. If motorsports releasing this next year, then obviously I think horizon five will be 2022, but I think there's a very strong possibility um, horizon is next year.
1: Yeah. I think horizon should be next year. I think Jeff Grubbs run the money and then, you know, you can spend even longer than making motorsport the best sort of simulation experience possible. Also, the tech, the Xbox tech will be more mature, stuff like that. I don't think, I don't yeah. think, Forza fans will be really upset if they take an extra year or whatever, or even like not even a year. Maybe they take like six months, release it in the spring or something, um, or into the summer of the year, the next year. So, uh, I think that is totally, that totally makes sense to me because Forza Horizon couldn't be made on the the current engine doesn't have to have anything wildly different They could add a few new features and bolt things on make it using the next gen tool set but well do we call it do we still call it next gen or just start calling it this gen now hmm. i still i still yeah. like in the mindset of calling i'm it next still
0: gen in it. the mindset of calling it next gen i think maybe for a year it'll be like that you know what i mean
1: yeah maybe i don't know but um in any case uh yeah i'm with jeff grove i think it all launch next year
0: yeah uh jd gamer says I haven't, heard anything. I haven't heard anything i haven't heard anything either but it makes a lot of sense to me if forza motorsports 2022 i guess it really depends on when that game's coming out um because i just can't see forza Horizon slip into 2023 the fifth one like it's got to be before that um they don't go from two-year dev cycles to like what five years it doesn't make a lot of sense plus the other studios working on fable um, and we don't even know when Fable's coming out. That could be 2022 or it could be 2023. Uh, you know, um, not even really sure about that. Uh, JD Gamer says, Sony put, about, put out about 10 AAA first party games during the PS4 era and Xbox One about six in this new gen based on studio count. I expect the Series X to have 25 and PS5 around 20. Well, I mean I mean I mean it's certainly possible. Um we'll have to wait and see what the Bethesda teams are working on and when we can start expecting those games and if those games are exclusive and um you know it, 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 I'm really interested in seeing like um what comes after the like for for the coalition. Like I I, I saw some uh, like a new person was hired for the coalition today and they said they're going to be you know super excited to work on Gears of War. Clearly their game, their next game is Gears of War six. And I, I love saying yeah, this great. to you, Jez, but like uh, that franchise is basically run out of juice and they need to shelve it and make something new after that. You know, I, I, like I, uh, and you know what? And I'll even give you three, four, three, <laughs> uh, give me a spinoff. Like the rumors about the two spinoff games. Did you see that, that rumor, uh, you know, that how it would have a battle Royale mode and that how uh, there's two spinoff games, one being, a, 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 a fire team of Cyrus from the Halo Five as a spinoff, and then one being Halo mm-hmm. Wars Three. And I thought to myself, Jez would if Jez saw that he'd be like, "There's no way Halo Wars Three is happening as a spinoff game, right?" Well,
1: I want to believe they make Halo Wars Three, but I also know how badly it performed. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I want to believe. Clearly, clearly, there's someone at Microsoft who believes in RTS. Because they've invested quite a lot in Age of Empires as, as as a world's edge, as a studio. Which is really cool to see, you know. I'm like, I'm someone who plays a lot of isometric games. And I play MOBAs. But I've always found RTS to be like too hard for, for my feeble brain. But I appreciate, I have a lot of love for the genre and I appreciate it a lot and I find it nostalgic. I played Age of Empires as a kid, even though I sucked at it. I played StarCraft as a kid, even though I sucked at it. By the way, did you see that um, Blizzard basically said StarCraft's dead?
0: Yeah, I did see that. It's yep. so, not not uh, surprising. StarCraft, yeah, I mean, WarCraft's probably. bigger. Overwatch is bigger. Um, what else from Blizzard is bigger? Diablo's bigger. I mean, it's no surprise yeah. that it was like, yeah, by the way, we're cutting out the one that's not performing as well. Uh, Sin Vendetta says, just, to me, next way. gen became this gen on November 10th. <laughs> And JD Gamer says he wants his Halo Wars 3.
1: Yeah, I I'd, I'd love to see Halo Wars 3. Like I actually I enjoy Halo Wars way more than I enjoy Halo Halo. Which is I'm probably like in the very vast minority here. But like I actually like enjoy playing Halo Wars games. Even if like they don't have the best sort of RTS complexity. And I think that's where that's where it ultimately fails. Like, it's, it's... Halo Wars 1 and Halo Wars 2 are kind of, like... They're enough to draw the Halo audience, but they're not enough to draw the hardcore RTS audience, which is, if you're making an RTS game, that's really what you kind of want, is that audience. And they don't they don't really see Halo as, like, sort of complicated enough or whatever. So, um, I'd love to see Halo Wars come back, maybe built in partnership with World's Edge and maybe one of the studios I'd be collaborating with. Like even if it's like you know, who did the other one? Creative
0: Assembly, I think. Yeah, Creative Assembly did it.
1: Like even if they've partnered with Creative Assembly or partnered with Relic on it or something, like I would I would be totally down for that. I think that's awesome. I'd make a game that somehow works on console, but he's also got enough depth and complexity that it appeals to the hardcore crowd. Especially in a world where StarCraft is no longer a thing, and I think that that could be a if they, if they made it as deep as StarCraft, and there's no reason they couldn't because they do have multiple factions. You know, you could argue that the Prometheans are basically a, very similar to, to the Protoss in some ways. I don't know. Superficially, anyway. And, uh, you know, you've got your, your Flood faction, which could be like the Zerg. I don't know. They, they could totally pull that audience. They could, if they pulled it off well, so, I don't know. I, I kind of like that idea, that idea. The more I talked about it, the more I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I like that. But uh, who knows? Who knows, man? You just don't know. We just don't know. And this is why, This is why. like, I, when we talk about all these studios that Microsoft have and that chap who predicted Microsoft would have 25 exclusives or whatever, they certainly have the team size enough to do it now. But it's still just a matter of time and waiting, and you know we still only have pre-rendered trailers and
0: to go on. Still just CGI trailers, and I would imagine if like the Initiatives game gets revealed on uh, the at the VGAs, it'll be a CGI trailer, right? Yeah. Or even Compulsions game or something, just a CGI trailer. I don't think you'll see gameplay. Um, Shout out to Expat Twenty Twenty Gaming becoming the newest member of the channel. Uh, Enjoy your all your emotes, including the filmic one, the Craig the Brute. We have uh the Jez... What is that? The yeah. Jezaconda? No, je- not not Jezaconda. I don't Jezica- even know what this one... Jez... Avocadna. Jez- 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 should have had a Jez, Jez Anaconda one. <laughs> you, your face is like the head of a snake or something. Um Yeah. Je- Jezaconda. That's interesting. Pop says, if Gears oh, is out of juice, know. so is Halo. Well, I just say that to Jez because he loves Gears. So... <laughs> And and I really really do uh, think Gear Six will be the last gears. By the way, I do I do think that. I mean, I, don't I think I, so. Man. I, I could be wrong, but uh, I really do. Last he, ever? Well, I, I I would think not necessarily the last ever, but like they'd be taking a like their ne- their next game after Gear Six won't be Gear a Gears game. Yeah, maybe.
1: I don't know. I think like they could. They could definitely stand to make something a bit different, like
0: how yeah. Ubisoft made, um, uh, you know, Phoenix Mortals. Mortals, even though it is a Ubisoft game, it's just not. It's just more of a, yeah. a like a cartoony, kid-friendly, over-the-top uh, arcade kind of game. Like Showen says here, yeah. he says, "Why is Xbox so afraid to change? Make something new." Um, and I think that's more in line with like three, four, three, and the coalition just always making. gears and the halos and maybe even turn 10 making motorsport although i i I expect turn 10 to just always make motorsport um although i i think forza motorsport the next one is going to be a a platform just like halo where it's just going to be a continuously updated game and you won't necessarily have a forza motorsport 2 or 9 or 10 a couple years later it'll just be that game you know yeah i get you yeah
1: like, I, i'm totally i'm totally okay with this idea of the coalition making something else you know yeah um but i also think like i don't think they'll shelve gears forever i think like they, they can take it back to the drawing board they could like grow the studio and then because the coalition is such a smaller studio than 343
0: i got a question for you jazz somebody noticed this is that is jazz playing world of warcraft i can hear the mouse clicks <laughs> yes i am <laughs> i can hear that you, you're clicking up a storm man it's, it's man i'm doing
1: i'm doing i'm doing torgast which is like one of the cool things in the New world expansion is that they've added these like infinite dungeons which go on forever called uh it's called torgast this is like the kind of thing that the game always sort of lacked was a good reason to keep playing outside of raids but they've added these like new randomized dungeons which you can play solo or in a group of up to several people and the higher level ones are pretty hard man they're actually really quite difficult so um uh yeah that's what i'm doing right now i'm doing one of the more difficult ones man this is the problem with, with like all of razors stuff i know i do know they have like some membrane keys keys which are quite quieter but all the all the razor stuff i have is so noisy what? What uh, what what <laughs> mouse are you using? I'm using like the oh man. Which one is it? I think it's the Razer. Is it the Trinity? I can never remember. No, it's the Naga Pro. I think it's one of the. It's their wireless mouse that has six buttons on it and interchangeable. You know, it's their their MMO mouse basically. I absolutely love it. By the way, it's a really awesome mouse. The battery life's a bit a bit iffy. Like I have to charge it like twice a week, which is something you don't want to do with a battery. But I don't know. It's better uh, with a mouse. Sorry, but it's better than having a cable and uh the latency is indiscernible compared to it. i sound like I'm, i suddenly sound like i'm a razor marketing guy but uh, they just make the best stuff <laughs> <is for> PC, <laughs> my opinion so what, what do you say i was using mm-hmm. my Razer blade pro 17 which is very expensive but really really adore this laptop but ah uh, it's a good game man you should play it you should play well
0: no never never gonna happen um Jess, I don't know if you heard, but the God of War is on Xbox now. Oh, Fortnite. Well, yeah, it yeah, literally yeah. in two different things. One being Kratos is on Fortnite. And I've actually seen him advertise on the dashboard with the PlayStation Studios logo. <laughs> right? Um, wow. And then, so that's true. And then I think the same people had, had, had data mined that uh, Master Chief is next
1: and that there's there's there's
0: photos like floating around of him uh is that pretty ridiculous that epic is like epic was the ones that was kind of pushing microsoft and uh, playstation into crossplay right like we were so sure crossplay never was going to happen and then because of how big fortnite was and their power they were able to kind of push it before everybody else and now they literally have kratos and i thought okay well kratos will just be for playstation players nope you can play with them on Xbox if you want, which means master chief is going to be on PlayStation and play like, isn't that crazy how much power Epic has that where they basically like sat down both PlayStation and, and Microsoft and be like, yeah, you're going to give us your biggest characters. And then people on the op- opposing platform are going to be able to use them and buy them. And then your master chief might be advertised on the PlayStation dashboard. Like, isn't that nuts? <laughs> It is, it is crazy, but it's also awesome. But this this also, for me,
1: maybe a little bit raises the prospect of those characters coming to Smash Bros, maybe.
0: Mm. Do you remember there's
1: always these rumors about Master Chief being in Smash? Yes. Like, if, if Master Chief's big enough to be in Fortnite, surely he's big enough to be in Smash, right? And we've got Minecraft Steve in Smash, and we've got the, the Bear Danger. and the Bird in Smash. Yeah, yeah. So... Not-
0: so when so do you, do you when do you think this is going to happen? When do you think Master Chief will be revealed? Do you think it's going to be at the VGA's on Thursday potentially?
1: Yeah, maybe. It's it's leaked already in the game files, so like at this point I don't know. Maybe just just announce it. But yeah, I expect it'll probably be announced then. I mean, what do you think
0: about it? I mean, it, I think it looks good. I mean, it's not going to get me to play maybe. Fortnite. I know some people are like, "I'm going to play Fortnite cuz of Kratos," but like I don't care. Like I I I don't like Fortnite. I hate the building, but I will I do think it's funny that the first next gen version of Master Chief will will have isn't from 343, it's from Epic Games and Fortnite. <laughs> right? Oh god. That, I mean this
1: plus could, it, it, could this have been like originally planned to have been Halo Infinite marketing.
0: It very well could have been I, cuz I was also thinking the same thing with with PlayStation is like we know there's another God of War Is it possible, like, this all leads up to a start of, like, some marketing or a new trailer from PlayStation? Like, here you have Kratos, who's all in the news, Fortnite, and then they drop a new trailer at the VGAs. Uh, Same thing, like, Halo Infinite out, um, and people are playing it, and then he's in Fortnite, but then would they do that for a competing game at that point? Because if it was out, it would be competing free-to-play or, or maybe this was just something. It was like I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how this all came together, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, I, I
1: might reach out to Epic and maybe see if I can get information on that. But
0: yeah, it is.
1: It is cool. I think. So do you think but does this mean that Kratos is officially the mascot of PlayStation then?
0: I mean, yeah, I guess so. I mean, they're the one they picked. I mean, they didn't pick uh, Nathan Drake, although Uncharted is ended as a franchise. They didn't pick Alloy, although she's only had one game. I mean, like, obviously Kratos has been around for a long yeah. time, you know, since the PS2 era. Since, um,
1: since the ancient Greek era, Chris. Well, true, but I'm
0: just saying, a lot of people a lot of people would say, you know, Nathan Drake was the PlayStation mascot. Well, before, you know, before it was like Crash Bandicoot back in the day. But with Uncharted being you know, uh, ended essentially, unless that other San Diego studio brings it back, then yeah, I think I think Kratos is the the mascot for you know, or at least the the people the person that PlayStation is widely recognized for just like Master Chief is that person. Now the question is if if PlayStation and and Microsoft have skins in Fortnite, that would also kind of say that Nintendo is Nintendo not going to have one and if they do have one, will Mario be in Fortnite or will it be Samus no, or no, something no, no, else? No
1: it, it can't be like, it can't be Mario, because Mario's got a weird shape, and it has to sort of match the hitboxes. So, Fortnite Samus from Metroid? To some degree. Well, that's another thing. Like, Nintendo's been treating Metroid like complete garbage recently. And I think they want almost, it's almost like they want fans to forget it exists. So, I don't know if they put Samus in there, because it'll just raise people's hopes of new games that aren't going to come out. Um, I know there's this rumor. Is it? No, actually, it's confirmed, isn't it? That they're doing they're doing the Metroid Prime trilogy or something.
0: Um, I, I can't. I don't think the Metroid Prime trilogy is confirmed, but it's I official. mean, four was con- confirmed, but they had to stop development and go to a new developer.
1: Have they Have they officially announced any Samus
0: games like Metroid Prime Four or anything like that? i mean metro, they prime, have... M- metro prime form has been announced they announced it like three years ago with the jpeg
1: oh okay well if they if they are if that is official then they could make it like tie in samus to marketing that game maybe um i thought it was just a rumor like shows how closely i pay attention to nintendo stuff but like yeah i mean if they want to market metroid like samus certainly fits the body shape better but what about one of the humanoid pokemon
0: you and your Pokemon stuff—it <laughs> always comes back to Pokemon. Oh man,
1: I'd love it if it was like if it was like a Fire Emblem character. Like the Smash Bros fans would be so so mad because like Nintendo—it feels like Nintendo really want to push Fire Emblem. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I don't think it'd be Mario. The shapes—the shapes the all shapes off. Surely, like Mario. Mario doesn't have the right body shape. Maybe oh, you know you know what'd be the best?
0: What Waluigi waluigi Uh, that'd be interesting (laughs) that'd be interesting um
1: people this whole meme about people being mad that waluigi isn't in smash bros oh man
0: but i was gonna say uh not only is kratos the god of war on xbox on fortnite but you can also play god of war on your xbox series x and series s through emulation really yeah, did you not oh, see yeah, that?
1: Oh yeah, that whole hacker thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what the hell is that about? That so, wor- that actually worries me in so terms my- of the consoles being hacked.
0: So my buddy, uh Modern Vintage Gamer, MVG, put out a video about this. It's through um you buy this program called RetroArch and you basically set the Series X and S into dev mode and you can access ax- uh you you spend like 20 bucks and you buy RetroArch, which is like an emulation platform and you tested a whole bunch of different games. There's, it's more co- convoluted than that. There's some things you got to do, but right now, currently, like the GameCube is emulated. Like you can play, you know, Wind Waker. You can play like a whole bunch of GameCube games. You can play Wii games, although obviously the controls aren't really that great. Um, but the big thing lately is uh, PS2 games. So you can play uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. You can play God of War. You can play uh, Silent Hill 2. You can play Shadow, uh, Shadow oh, man, of the Colossus. And I do wonder how this is all going to play out because his video has gotten a lot of traction. I see a lot of people talking about it. Um, I can't imagine that PlayStation and Nintendo are happy that you could play some of their games emulated on the Series X and S. I do wonder mm-hmm. if they're going to send a cease and desist and either force Microsoft to remove RetroArch or just send one to RetroArch. You know what I mean? Um, yeah.
1: I mean, like... Is this like an app you can get off the Windows Store or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's based off this app called RetroArch, which is UWP. And like there was an update with the Xbox One where it turned, it could turn an Xbox One into a dev, like a, like a, a dev kit. And it's still there with the Series X. So essentially you download like this app and then you turn your Series X or S into a, de- into like a, into the dev mode. And then you can run this, this, this app. And this app has, like, you know, these emulated games on it or whatever. I mean, it's it, I'm making it sound simple, but I know it's more complicated. You'd have to watch his video. <laughs> but, yeah, it's emulating all these games and all these platforms. And, you know, it's it's some games run really good. Like, you can definitely see, you know, an increase in visual fidelity. and But sometimes there's frame problems here and there. But, I mean... That's something that, like, you know, the Switch isn't doing or even, you know, the PlayStation 5 at this point, right? Yeah, that is wild. But cool. so, So, like, going back to the guy's earlier point about, like, if they'll start emulating the PS3 and PS4, then you'll be able to play Miles. But I don't think it'll get to that point. Like, I don't even... Is there even a PS3 emulator around, um, even on PC? Uh, I don't
1: know for sure. But I do... Because the cell infrastructure, it's sort of, like weird or something i don't know i don't know i think like it's possible but it's not it's not as easy to do as playstation 2 or you know the old nintendo platforms and stuff
0: yeah um so what else oh the bioware problem um so casey hudson left who was the studio head and mark dara left who was the executive producer on dragon age 4 which by the way they are showing again at the game awards what? but my god as bioware just like dropped into almost irrelevancy since like bioware used to be one of my favorite developers and it just seemed like oh. once they got bought by EA it was kind of game over for them and now now Casey Hudson's gone and Mark Dare is gone i i and like they're still supposedly working on Anthem 2.0 I, I don't know like I know you really like Bioware light, uh, quite a bit I mean what do you what do you read into all these uh, the high profile departures from Bioware
1: well at one point in time Bioware was by far and away my favorite dev by a, a mile um, I would say like <clears throat> I worship them man like Dragon Age is one of my favorite franchises of all time I've completed Dragon Age maybe more than any other single player game except for maybe Final Fantasy 7 Dragon Age Origins is up there. Like I absolutely adore that game. I played it every way there is to play it possible. Like even like even after playing it like ten times, every now and then I've discovered a new conversation or a new new detail that I didn't find. Like it's it's just a crazy good game. They just they just don't make them like that anymore. And uh, you know, for what Anthem was, I kind of I actually even enjoyed Anthem to some degree. But it, it was just so clear that EA, after after um, Mass Effect Andromeda, it's, it's just like you can't deny that the EA have turned Bioware into the next visceral, which is like it took a little longer to do, maybe, um, but they they've done it. I have like that studio has so much to prove to to get over that meme. That they aren't just being hollowed out by EA. EA is literally the worst game publisher on Earth. I have no idea how they're even able to operate the way they destroy studios. They are the studio killer. It's su- it's such a weird business model when you think about it. Like, what their business model is, let's kill all of our own studios. I don't get it. But that's what EA does. That's what they're known to do. They've been doing it for years and years and somehow survived despite killing all of their own studios anyway that's enough ranting about publishers but um see i was worried i want to believe i want to believe that there's some something to salvage from all this because a game a game is more than just the person running the studio True, true but there's 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 just total turmoil and upheaval going on at that studio and that has been for years and years and years. Like this is the second time Casey Hudson's left, for God's sake. Yep. He originally um, left,
0: went to went to Microsoft, worked on VR, did nothing, and came back. And after I think Andromeda bombed, and was worked there for three years, and now he's gone again. So, yeah.
1: Maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe it's a good thing that he's gone. Maybe it's like maybe he was part of the problem. You know, It's possible. But you just you just don't know. You just don't know. Like the the ins and outs and you know i'm sure that some of this stuff will come out in the near future about the real reasons for some of this stuff but i just like man I they've got so much to prove that they can actually still function as a studio after after all of this after andromeda after waiting and waiting for so long to just get anything that he's like
0: like it's just so strange. Well, really. See, I was I was worried that Respawn would suffer the same fate because uh, BioWare is one of my favorite studios. I you know one of the re- I, one of the reasons I got original Xbox outside of Halo was for Knights of the Republic and Jade Empire, and then one of my favorite franchises from the 360 era was Mass Effect, and like their production has just gone completely downhill ever since they uh, essentially were then acquired by EA and moved into this generation where they're doing you know uh games as a service and anthem uh, like I, I don't know you can almost look at it, anthem might have destroyed the whole studio and mass effect andromeda handing it off to people who only really made the, like it was just wrong decisions and i was worried that respawn would suffer the same fate but it doesn't look like it you know star wars jedi fallen order jedi fallen yeah fallen order sold incredibly well and then And uh, the guy who runs that studio got promoted and and hopefully he's able to turn around the the other studio he's working at now. Um, You know, and they have Apex Legends and and they're doing really well. And I I don't think they'll suffer the same fate that Biowire did.
1: Well, this is the thing. It's like when when you work for a shareholder-driven company, you sort of like, you have to, all they care about is that you're delivering profits for them, right? At the end of the day. And so far, Vince Zampella, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, so I apologize for that. But he's shown that he's he's handed EA some of its only wins of recent memory with Apex Legends and stuff like that. And uh, so he's got he's got the clout, political clout, to be able to say, Look EA, you're stupid, let me do this. But that'll only work insofar as that he's still having success. The moment he has like a shred of failure EA be like, oh, okay, look, you did all this wrong. Now we're gonna downsize, cut, asset, you know, strip everything back, and all, all this stuff. Because that's what EA seems to do. Every time th- the going gets tough, EA seems to do this sort of weird panic-driven. Oh god, oh god, this studio's had a had a bit of a flop. We need to we need to do something, you know, drastic to make sure that we get some profit out of them. So like it's kind of what they did with visceral right so this visceral were making horror games horror games are a bit of a bit of a weird genre as it is difficult and ea they they included multiplayer in in dead space 2 which had no business being there but that's ea all over he's totally you know let's get some form of you know ongoing monetary engagement out of this game they couldn't they couldn't just make a good game it had to have some half-baked multiplayer thing in it that was a total flop so what did they do they like they blame the horror aspects and they're like oh this game's too scary let's make it less scary by incorporating co-op and adding human enemies and basically trying to make it gears of war total flop again instead of ea blaming themselves They blame Visceral and say, okay, well, you're not making games you want to make anymore. You're going to make a Battlefield game. How about that? And then that's a total flop as well. And then that's the end of Visceral. Because EA, just they just suck as a company. And they consistently suck for years. And I have no idea how you can suck so bad, yet still survive. But that's the way the stock market works, apparently. But I just hope that someone comes along who can get Bioware out of this sort of situation. But we've seen it happen time and time again where the opposite happens, where EA sucks the life out of everything like a vampire and then just lets it die. And I I think it'll happen to Respawn eventually. As soon as Espawn has like some kind of failure, and to be frank, Rand, we've already seen it happen. You know, the fact that Titanfall 2 didn't pull in the engagement figures they wanted, they pivoted to Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though, like, uh, it did really well for them and uh, people seem to like it, it's still exactly the typical EA MO. And that's like, okay, Titanfall 2 didn't perform as well as we wanted. Even though it's critically acclaimed, a lot of people think it had one of the, the best story-driven sort of campaigns of recent memory, and it was critically acclaimed. Um, and I still see people bringing it up on Reddit all the time. Like, you should play Titanfall 2. It's still a good game, blah, 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 and stuff like that. Uh, It didn't perform up to EA standards. So they pivoted to Battle Royale. So we've already started to see this happen with Respawn as well. So I don't think like saying that Respawn are, are immune to this EA business practice of killing studios. I don't think they're immune either. And I think it's only a matter of time. So it's scary, man. And I don't want to be negative because I love Bioware. But I just have very little faith that we're going to see them pull back from this. And it makes me sad. Because I love Dragon Age, I love Mass Effect, I love you know Night El Republic, Jade Empire, like, but they used to just make banger after banger after banger and just totally k- crush everything, and then EA, EA <laughs> got their little grubby little claws in, and then it just all started going downhill, and we see it time and time again, time and time again. You think the shareholders would be like, stop doing this, but you think so? No, you think they'd do that, but they don't.
0: I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why. I was I was kind of shocked by their uh, Casey Hudson leaving Bioware, but um, we'll see. We'll see if they can if they can salvage Anthem and if Dragon Age Four is going to be good and if the next Mass Effect will be great. But I guess only time will tell on that. And um, one last topic before we get uh, some questions. Uh, you know we're going a little bit longer because we missed last week, but uh, Xbox Series X had its first update, Jez, and now you can like have seven different dynamic backgrounds. And which I leaked. I which, leaked those. You did. You did very well. Really? You did leak those. Um, I'm still using the first one. Um, I hope hopefully come up with some ribbons. the ribbons ones ribbons. are nice too, and the ripple one is is cool if you're like a fan of the 360. And yeah, um and that was a really cool throwback. That put that in. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I know there was some fixes, uh, you know, performance wise and certain certain things, and uh, but that weren't really like highly publicized. But it was a very small update. And um, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I, I wonder if they're going to be doing bigger and better things because they're constantly updating the dashboard and the guide all the time on the Series X. I think some of the other things they did was the ability to pre-install Game Pass games, like you were you were able to pre-install like Dragon Quest XI, so you could play it like right away, which I believe is out now. On Game Pass,
1: yeah, you can um, you can preload Cyberpunk as well if you haven't done that. By the way,
0: yeah, Cyberpunk is you DC. can well not preload it through Game Pass, but you can just preload it in general if you if you yeah, bought you it. You
1: don't even need to own it. You um, don't even need to own it. You can pre oh yeah, you can, you da- can just download it. You can yeah.
0: Pre-download it without even owning it. Yeah, that yeah. is true. That is true. So um that's gonna be it for the podcast. If you guys got any questions, uh make sure you put them below. Uh, in the chat, and we will read them. So, if you enjoyed the show, before you leave, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe if it's your first time here, um, hit the notification bell so I notified whenever this podcast goes live. Follow me and Jez on Twitter. Uh, Sin Vendetta had a super chat that says, "I want Xbox to form a new studio called Jiggy Studios and make a tr- quadruple A banjo game." Well, I think you're the <laughs> only one that probably, probably really wants that. Uh, uh, I, Sh- don't, I don't
1: think the only one. Man,
0: Showin says EA is like Bank of America, hot garbage um yeah well, he, is,
1: bank of, is bank of america just like the standard bank that people use
0: yeah no nah, i mean bank of america's uh, not the greatest here in the states either um christopher mckay says jez best atmos headset with bluetooth for xbox question mark
1: Corsair hs 75 xb the new the new corsair headset the hs 5xb is the first headset i've used that the dolby atmos app recognizes and it's like, when you when you connect it, it's like, oh, you're using a Corsair. Here's all these extra features and stuff. It's the first headset I've used that seems designed for Atmos. So, um, and the sound. Some some reviewers said it was too bass heavy, but I love that in my headsets. And, uh, and if you don't love it, you can tweak it. And clearly, some of the reviewers didn't actually look at the full feature set. But yeah, you tweak it through the Dolby Atmos app if you don't like the bass heavy profile. But... I'm like, recommend the Corsair HS75XB to everyone right now. I absolutely love that headset. The only reason I don't use it is because I need something that works on PC as well. Um, and to use that on PC, you need to get the Xbox Wireless dongle, which is an extra $20. And I do have one somewhere, but it seems to be broken. But yeah. I'm just using like a Bluetooth headset at the moment. But I love that headset. It's, it's awesome for Dolby Atmos. Definitely check it out.
0: Uh, Chasm says, Do you guys talk about the Game Pass games for December? I mean, we briefly mentioned them. The big games are Control is out now uh until the end which is a indie game we'll be launching day and date on the 9th called the sea uh which you may remember from the april uh, xbox game showcase i think was it april or may i forget that's on the coming on the 8th doom eternal for the pc um there's there's a bunch of games there's like 17 of them I, I don't know all of them off the top of my head but it's a pretty it's a pretty good month for um for game pass and it's only half the month uh maybe maybe they announce more things uh, Brujo wants to know what was Spencer's promise. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. It's basically that, you know, the promise of he knows that people want new great games, and uh, you know, he he basically said like you know, uh, it's in that it's in that interview that he that he did about the promise towards the Xbox community that he knows people want great games to play on their new great hardware, and that that's exactly one hundred percent what they're working on. So it's it's really just. I guess business as usual, right? You know, of course there's going to be games, but he knows, you know, he knows that that is really important and he knows that's probably the biggest thing that was lacking on the platform uh, for quite some time now. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let's see we got anything else here. Uh, Aaron wants to say, "What, what do you think Microsoft will show during the Game Awards? Um, nostalgia says the same thing. You haven't talked about the Game Pass Game Awards announcement. Um, a lot of people want to know uh, about if there's going to be any Game Pass or Game Game Awards announcements. Do you think Microsoft is going to announce anything, Jez? I mean, I do, but I'm not really sure what. I mean, it's I guess it's possible the Initiative game gets announced. Maybe they announce some Game Pass stuff. Maybe like maybe Fall Guys coming to Xbox, or you know, maybe like Hades coming to Xbox. Remember how they did the Rocket League announcement at the Game Awards? Um, people want to know what we think is going to be there.
1: I have no idea. Um, it'd just be guessing. I think they they'll probably announce some things, but it's also like we we've spoken about a few times on the show that they don't really need to push the games narrative too hard right now because they can't sell any consoles because they don't have any stock. So do you you ideally really you save the big guns for when you've got stock to sell. So, like, are they going to show Hellblade gameplay when maybe it would be better to show it off next year when they've got more stock? You know, that sort of thing. So I'm in two minds about it. They could either show they could either show games now to sort of give Xbox fans, like, you know, throw them a bone or whatever. But at the same time... Maybe they'll just be like, "We don't need to do this right now. We can wait." Stuff like that. So
0: it's possible. I think something's getting announced for sure. Uh, maybe, maybe a couple things. Uh, I might make a video about it tomorrow, but we'll we'll wait and see on that. Paul wants to know: Do you think they should change the optimized badge if games needs to be patched? Like, wh- what do mm-hmm. you mean patch? Like, if they already have the optimized badge and they need to be patched? I mean the, the 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 badge is just showing that it's optimized in some way for the console, um, unless I'm just reading your your question wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Jez? Um,
1: I don't know if a game shows significant significant boost just by the fact that it's on Xbox. I mean, you could say it's optimized i don't know like is for example monster hunter plays way better on the series x because it has it has the uh unlock frame rate and stuff so do you count that as optimized probably not because it's not been patched but at the same time it does play really well far better on series x than it does on the xbox one even on the um even when you count the uh the one x so I don't know. It's kind of a grey area. There's no exact rule about how this should or shouldn't be done. I don't know.
0: Uh, Darren wants to know, do you think achievements will be overhauled in any significant way this generation? Uh, uh, hmm. Overha- overhauled implies like getting rid of it or changing it completely. I don't think achievements will change, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's additions. Like... In twenty sixteen they added achievement rarity to show you how many people have those achievements on, you know, out of everybody on Xbox Live and they added the rare achievements, which were any achievement underneath ten percent. I think they maybe add additions to it where maybe they you know allow maybe they start adding a thing where you get an achievement for completing all the achievements in the game, kinda of like PlayStation's trophies. Yeah. I don't look at them as essentially overhauling it, because overhauling to me means they're basically changing it completely. I don't think they're going to change it. I think they're just going to add on to it. Because it's been four years since they've done anything significant to achievements. So, yeah. I, I do think we see some additions. Uh, Nine lives says, What do you think about Ubisoft Plus joining Game Pass Ultimate? Um, mm. That, I don't know. Like, that could happen. I mean, Ubisoft Plus isn't on Xbox right now. So... It would have to first come to Xbox, right? Because it's yeah. not here. Maybe Microsoft and, and Ubisoft have been talking. Maybe Microsoft wants to get Ubisoft's games on XCloud, and this would be the way to do that through like Game Pass Ultimate. Um, maybe maybe they're seeing a lot of engagement with EA Play, and uh, you know Ubisoft wants to get in on that, and that could be a huge thing. Like if if all of Ubisoft games were were in Game Pass, that that would be huge. For, for Game Pass subscription service. What do you think, Jez? Do you think that's um, something that could potentially happen? I think it definitely could happen.
1: Um, I haven't seen any inkling that it will happen. And I think, like, Ubisoft seems to be all about whoring out services to, to uh, the platforms that offer them the best deal. And uh, Google Stadia and Ubisoft have worked together a surprisingly large amount recently. So I think there's like there's a chance that it could end up being exclusive to a different platform especially if like uh that's what you know ends up offering them the most money. But I do think like there's totally the the potential for that to come. But there's also the potential here that Mark EA yeah, said, "Yeah, okay, we'll join Game Pass, but we want to be exclusive. We don't want to we don't want to share that mind space with Ubisoft service, you know?" So, there's, like, loads of different factors which could or could not affect whether or not that happens. But either way, it's, you know, it's an interesting time for all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rajat says, which one is better, Metal Gear Solid Five versus Call of Duty Infinite Warfare? um that's an interesting uh yeah, I
1: get solid five versus cool. what yeah i like completely different games i know
0: i know that's what i was saying it's like interesting because it's like complete different i will say i really enjoyed infinite warfare like,
1: campaign are they both on sale and cost the same amount right now I, if they're both on sale and cost the same amount you you're trying to decide which to buy and you haven't played phantom pain i think phantom Pain's probably you'll get more out of it because, like, nobody's... People are even playing called it called Infinite Warfare Online anymore? I don't know.
0: No, nah, I don't think... Yeah, yeah, but the campaign for Infinite Warfare is actually really good. Which um, one was that? From 20... Infinite Warfare was, I think, from 2016, I want to say.
1: is that Kevin Spacey? No, that
0: was the one year before. That was Advanced Warfare. Alright. So... Okay. I don't, they all just sort of blend together for me. They do. Uh I I guess it really depends on what you want. You want stealth game, Metal Gear Solid Five. If you want call you want action game, uh although you can play Metal Gear Solid action. Uh you know, you want a sci fi setting uh, shooter, uh, Infinite Warfare, you know, essentially. So um I think that's gonna be it. We uh actually went way longer uh than I thought, but we had a lot here to talk about, so we appreciate everyone being here. Uh, sorry i went off on the trolls earlier and got got a little angry tell them put them in their place but it had to happen and maybe uh we'll stop i'll stop doing that but uh maybe maybe next week i'll I'll be like jez we can no longer talk you know because if we only talk about xbox that means jez can never talk about world of warcraft or nintendo ever again which maybe is a good thing maybe maybe if we just strictly talk only about xbox and never mention any other system that means wow. I'll never have to hear about Pokémon ever again and Jess can never wow. force me to play some stupid ass Nintendo Nintendo games. Wow. Think about it. That could have benefits for me. That you know what I mean? That's just mean. Yeah. So, um with that said, uh we will be back uh next week on the 11th. Hopefully, uh Microsoft reveals something at the Game Awards. Uh, which we can then discuss. Maybe we'll be talking about uh, the Initiatives game and what it is. We'll We'll uh, we'll actually have a title. You never know. Um, you got anything to say before we get out of here, Jez? Nah.
1: Hugs and kisses. Be nice to each other. And keep it
0: gaming, friendos. That's right. Keep it gaming. We'll be back here next week.